he can get the revenge he seeks on Eric Young I'm from joined, Sanity. I'm joined here by Nigel McGuinness. Well, James, it's good to be here in your front room. I don't know why that bald man is staring at me, but I will try and ignore him throughout this ominous cage match. My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White. Reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it is episode 99 today, and it's going to be a little bit different, because we, we've, we've originally scheduled to have Extreme Rules 2012 at this point in time, but we realised with the amount of stuff on the network, with 205 Live, NXT and News, that we'll have to watch about six episodes each when we do our WNR update in May, and that will be about 12 hours long, you know, so <laughs> we can't... What we've done is we're going to watch three episodes each of 205 NXT on this episode. Extreme Rules 2012 for any fans out there. Don't worry. That will be coming in May. But we can start off and we're going to have a little bit of news and everything like that. Like a, the WNR Roundup as it is every month now down here on the WNR podcast. I just want to say thank you to everybody. An amazing statistic happened, James. And what was that? Well, it's unbelievable, really. And we've got to thank everybody on SoundCloud. The fact is, is in our first year in 2015... We got 4,806, you know, first year starting off. Thank you very much. We were very proud. But this past, well, this month of April, we're still in. We're still releasing two podcasts. This one, the one we did last week as well, the Kurt Angle special. Uh, at the moment of uh, recording, this year, uh, this month, we've got 4,928. So we've actually had more this month than we did in our first year of 2015. So that is pretty amazing, I feel. That's not too bad, yeah. <laughs> so Dwayne and Jared, you know, you wonder if, uh, you know, one month of James and Dan doing it, and that equals a year of, you know, the, the two of you. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. But don't forget, of course, next week we have got the WNR 100. It is going to be huge. We've got so much planned as well, uh, and hopefully everybody listens along to that. But we are episode 99. We're going to start off with a bit of news. This came just a couple of days after Mania, didn't it? It did, yeah. Um Singer-songwriter George Strait, the king of country, his record, 61 number one songs in his 30-plus years in the music business. Why am I telling you this? Why are you telling me this, Dan? Why? 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 Uh, The brief clip posted to Twitter with a word the WWE hasn't officially used yet to describe the phenom features the dead man talking about how much the 2008 song, Troubadour, about an aging singer who still feels young and doesn't believe his image accurately reflects his inner truth, means to him right now. What? So the Untaker was on a video talking about King George. What did he say then? Uh, he's been listening to him since the late 80s, and if you look at his whole catalogue of albums and songs, there's a song for anything you may be going through in your life. Whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you found someone, whether you lost someone, there's a George song that covers it. And I think that's really cool. And I think people really can identify with him just due to the music. And when he sings it, you believe it. 
well, do you want me to carry on with the quote? Because it's quite long what the Undertaker was saying, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, go on, you can take uh, He on. said, for me right now, where I'm at in my career, my life, Troubadour, and it hits me. It hits me hard. I get chills every time I hear it. So, George, I hope he keeps Sting for as long as he can. I didn't actually say full bears in the background. Do the yeah. whole thing like that. <laughs> he keeps filing good music and singing good songs. It really has affected me. And long live the king. Uh, it's going to take me some getting used to for the dead man waxing philosophical about his favourite tunes instead of advocating the virtues of digging holes and resting in peace and whatnot. I mean, are we going to see this new Undertaker now? Well, it's not really going to be a new Undertaker. It's going to be who Undertaker is when we don't see him. You know, yeah. we've seen him. I've seen him a few times out of makeup. Well, not personally, but on TV. I know it was still on TV, but, you know, him doing other things. I think he's rumoured to. Uh, have an appearance on the Austin podcast. Well, this rumor has it. Rumor has it. Uh, like, yeah, like you're saying, that hopefully they're trying to get Untaker out of characters. Trying, it would be the end of the character completely because uh, the another rumor was that Untaker, when he took the gloves off, not only was it the end of the Untaker in ring, but it was, it was a character together. We might, like, say, see this American badass thing. ITV has teamed up with American Impact Wrestling uh, to produce uh, the new World of Sport Wrestling show. Of course, on episode 85, part one and two, we looked at Bristol. We quite enjoyed it, didn't we, with Grado? Yeah, no, it was good to see a few faces we've seen before and potentially some future stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, after 30 year absence from the nation's screens, 10 new episodes. So, Impact is what TNA used to be. Yes, and you watch a bit of it. Uh, well, yeah, you know, that team's because they've been promoting that they're on Freeview now on for us British viewers. Uh, on Spike, Channel 31 Freeview. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah. 9pm Friday nights. and you know, Yeah, what did you think of it? Uh, well, I only caught the last hour or so, which was Lashley versus James Storm. I think he had a little brief run in NXT. He wasn't yeah. that successful. Another GPD, Yeah, <laughs> if I remember yeah. correctly. Main part of that was EC3 come out, hit James Storm over the head with a bottle when it seemed as if he was going to be helping Storm other than hindering him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the last match on the card, the main event, was a six-man, uh, six-way match for the X Division title, which was quite a good match, which was eventually won by Loki. I mean, a few faces... Oh, oh, I don't didn't recognise many of the faces in there. I mean, Sanjay Dutt and Hurricane Helms, who was just basically managing one yeah, of yeah, yeah. the other wrestlers in the... But it's interesting because, uh, like you say, with with in, in Impact as well, like you say, they're, they're focusing now on some of the stars. I do like EC3 because of his theme tune. Bobby Lashley's an interesting guy as well. Like I say, failed with James Storm. But with uh, Loki, of course, he had his time in NXT as well, managed by uh, Lay Cool when he was in NXT TV show. And, of course, as well, Suicide used to be uh, TJ Perkins underneath the mask, and they changed the character of that as well. So, uh, uh, But like we say, they will team up with ITV and uh, after the two-hour special that like we did watch on New Year's Eve as well and featuring some of the, the talents of Britain today not signed to a WWE contract at the moment, including Dan. Uh, well, you've got Dave Mastiff, you've got Davey Boy, you've got Grado, it's yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got El Ligero, who we've seen. Uh, Zach Gibson and all the guys from before and the shit Impact stars. Yes, indeed. So, I mean, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that as we move on. Uh, WWE have announced that there have been some changes made to the announced team for Raw and SmackDown. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, superstar shake-up now, Dan. Byron Saxton is going to SmackDown. So that kind of makes sense with Byron Saxton. So Yep, and David Atunga is going to Raw. So, so SmackDown will now be called by Saxton, JBL and Tom or Todd Phillips, whatever. While Utanga, not Umaga, <laughs> Corey Graves and Michael Cole will call Raw. So who's got the better side of that shake-up? 
Well, let's have an updated list then. So Apollo Crews comes to Raw from SmackDown. The Miz comes. Uh, Maurice, Dean. So already you've got, you know, two big, big stars there, the Miz and Ambrose. Kurt, Haw- Kurt Hawkins goes. <laughs> uh, I mean, Bray Wyatt, of course, huge. Killy Stoke, well, that'd be good on the cruiserweights, wouldn't it, 205, yeah. like we say. Heath Slater and Rhino, again, a bit of a comedy team, you know, but still, diff, uh, Alexa Bliss as well, you know, uh, Mickey James, of course, David on ta- oh, David Otunga. But before, I should say, it's weird, the first uh, SmackDown tag team champions have gone over to, Smack, uh, to Raw from SmackDown in uh, Rhino and Heath Slater. The WWE champion up until WrestleMania, Bray Wyatt, uh, women's champion in Alexa Bliss as well. Intercontinental champion, of course, in The Miz. I think Raw done very well with the Superstar Shake-Up. Who did SmackDown get? Um, well, SmackDown, we got, uh, of course, Byron Saxton. Uh, Charlotte, Evan Owens, Sami Zayn. So, you know, there's two good wrestlers there, yep. at least. Uh, Primo and Epico, Jinder Mahal, New Day, uh, Rusev. Lana, as that's obviously to replace the Miz and Maurice, yeah. uh, Sin Cara and Tamina. So, do you think SmackDown did quite well? I think having Sami Zayn and AJ on the same brand, you know, they'd have some very good matches. Um, don't hinder Jinder, he's getting a massive push. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, <it's... laughs> I do know why, and we're going to the reasons and that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but they have taken the longest Universal Champion of all time, Kevin Owens. They took Charlotte, who was the face of the Raw Women's Division for yeah. most of the year, and New Day, the longest reigning tag team champions as well. So they switched up. I think Kevin Owens is a bit unlucky to be going to SmackDown, even though he will improve But again, it. you know, he could have brilliant Randy Orton. Yes, ex- exactly. And he's already gone into a feud with AJ Styles as well, so you know that's going to yeah. be great matches. But talking about Talking Smack, which was after all this superstar shake-up, our host Shane McMahon and Renee Young welcome us to this week's show. And we're learning that Daniel Bryan is currently with Brie Bella, and they get ready to have a baby. So a little hairy goat baby. A little hairy goat baby. Renee shows off a SmackDown Live Louisville Slugger custom baseball bat that she received earlier today. And I'll tell you what, she could receive my baseball bat if she wanted to. She asked about the new opportunities being earned, and Shane says this is an end of opportunity. Mentioning Charlotte's win over Naomi to become the new SmackDown's Women's Championship number one contender. So already Charlotte's in the picture. <laughs> this week's first guest is a new WWE Championship number one contender. Don't hinder Jinder. Jinder Mahal, the new so, number one contender. You know, it's that's pretty much... It's like an RKO come out of nowhere. Yes, but do you want to know the reasons behind it? Because they're going to have Randy smash him. No, uh, even weirder, they're opening up the Indian market now is one of WWE's top priorities. And they want to go into it, they've they've already hired a new VP of uh, head of talents and relations. They used to have the great Carly. What more do they fucking want? This is why they got Jinder Mahal for, because they want to go through the star. That's why he's been paired with the Bollywood boys as well, because then you've got three guys there and you try and buy into that market, because it's the biggest share. It's 750 million people could potentially watch WWE TV. There's a shitload of Indians. Exactly. So this is why, and that's why Tai Bing, the Chinese guy, was in the... um, and uh, Battle Royal as well at WrestleMania because they want to try and bring that market into it as well. So, fair play to it. I mean, WWE, I know it's a bit... So, instead you know, of having good wrestlers, they're going for good market coverage yeah, and good um, product placement. You know, I'm, I'm, there's not, I've got nothing against gender and, you know, but I don't think his race should be the reason it push, pushes him forward, you know. 
all the wrestlers that have fought for equal rights and races and that, and, you know, and just because a man's from a different place, it shouldn't mean that he gets to become champion yeah. or he doesn't. I, I, you know. I completely agree with you. And, you know, look at Mahal's even pay-per-view record, like Norton 6. Uh, yeah. And he's never had a proper singles match apart from, you know, it's just, it's a bit weird anyway. But um, like we say, we've got footage from the six-pack challenge from earlier tonight. And it's one of the worst six-pack challenges in my life. I'm not going to talk about the people in there, but it was just awful. And of course, yeah, Jinder won the match. Um, and what did he say, Dan? He says he heard the boos. And when he wins the title, he will become the new American dream. Oh, baby. <laughs> American dream, baby. Rene tells him he has plenty of time to prepare over the next five weeks as WWE champion Randy Orton prepares for Bray Wyatt. And Shane wants to know what Jinder was feeling standing face to face with a superstar like Randy Orton. Oh, you he would He must have been that. shitting himself. He said he hesitates, but he says if he sees fears in if he sees fear in Randy's eyes, and that he he sees fear in Randy Orton's eyes, does he? And that he is the future WWE champion and American Dream. So he really is pushing that hard. Uh, as Jinder leaves, Shane says, Dusty's American dream. No shit, Shane. But he, no, Dusty was the American yeah, dream. Yeah, all right, yeah. And he puts over the land of opportunity, which is SmackDown. Well, Rene asks Shane what he thinks of Kevin Owens being the face of America. And Shane says that he acknowledges his issues with Kevin Owens. He thinks he has enhanced his attitude and has taken advantages of the new situation. Yeah, so I mean, Kevin Owens, like I say, part of uh, SmackDown as well. And another... Two new guys to SmackDown were Primo and Epico who joined. And uh, Renee put over the win against American Alpha tonight. Yes, Primo and Epico did beat American Alpha. Ah, 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 SmackDown, you're really starting to piss me off now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Primo says that there isn't a popularity contest. No shit. If there's a contest for silence, then they'd probably be fucking tag team champions. And they say they're no strangers to championships as well. Uh, he reminds us of their past tag team successes. Yeah, because we can remember that, can't we? We're in a roller for WrestleMania kickoff show, yeah. And says that anyone who isn't them is in trouble. When I ask if being friendly and making appearances is part of the job in the WWE, and they say it's not who they are. They both remind us of the Cologne family. Shane should know that they're where they're coming from. Um, yeah, Shane says it's nice that they can take the opportunity and run with it. And they say it's time to reclaim their throne before making their exit. Uh, and then Renee talks about how SmackDown Live is growing and says she's excited to see what Lana will bring to the table before welcoming Charlotte Flair to Talking Smack. And in another very bold move, we are reminded that she is the new number one contender to the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Charlotte asks if we're surprised. Shane says... Not at all. No, and he's impressed that after seven days, she's in line for a title shot. Charlotte says nobody can outwork her, and Shane tells her that she earned her opportunity after asking for tonight's match with Naomi. Charlotte tells us that she is the dirtiest player in the game, and she will be challenging for the Women's Championship next week on SmackDown Live. Charlotte says her goodbyes before leaving the table. Uh, Renee Young puts Charlotte over, and Shane tells Renee to not overlook Naomi. That's all for this week as Renee signs us off. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think of Talking Smack, Dan? Well, you know, it was just basically welcoming their new superstars. You know, it's obviously giving wrestlers a push, you know. Primo and Epico had shit matches for the past fucking how long they've been in it. 
but yet they beat American Alpha. Yeah. Charlotte beat uh, Naomi, you know. Uh, uh, but I'm getting <laughs> shades of impact. It's like Raw is like the, you know, the, 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 the number one show. And yet they're putting all these guys who really should be, well, nearly future endeavoured and they're sticking them in on SmackDown and then, like you say, giving them wins over teams who deserve to be there, you know. It's, I think it's a bit unfair at the moment, but I think SmackDown can make it work. But I'm not buying Jinder Mahal as a legitimate contender. I'm not buying Primo and Epico as anything, you know, even though they do beat American Alpha. But it'll be interesting to see what happens as we go along. Collections, and we did mention them at the start of last, or the end of last month. Uh, we're going to go to Edge. You think you know me for Dan Wilson, Well, it is Edge versus Christian, but not as you know it, because it is actually listed as Adam Copeland, Versus Christian Cage, and it is from November the tenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Yes, indeed, and these are all you think you know me is the DVD that Edge has, and now the collections. I've just realised this recently that the collections are just the DVDs extras because we see Matt Striker introducing Edge here, but this was before Raw and the Dark Match. We can see how these two get on here. Oh, look at Edge with the arm drags, but of course these two men have been friends for all the time, joined WWE at the same time as well. Working our way through. See, do you think it's a shame that we don't get these kind of nuggets anymore? We have to go through the whole NXT thing if they're come if they're new to the company. Yeah, exactly. It. It's a bit of a shame. I mean, this is quite fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's trying to g the crowd up. <laughs> yeah, I know it's how I can run it. I mean, this is before obviously all their injuries. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean the WWE. I mean Edge. Gave WWE a lot, but WWE did take a lot from Edge as well. If we look back. So what was going on in November? 97 in the WWE then? Uh, just a little thing called the Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, Survivor Series, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Survivor Series. Speaking of which, we are going to revisit. We are going to visit the Survivor Series Screwjob in November of this year as well. So just in case everybody thought the WWE 100 was the end, it is most definitely not. The amount of success these two had, one of the most, you know, are in our top three of tag teams of all time. Well, it's a bit like, you know... As far as pairing goes, the match we saw of the very early Undertaker versus Kane. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly the same as that, Dan, yeah. That's why we're watching it for as well, because we like to see the character developments of each of our favourite wrestlers. And Edge and Christian, they're up there with the favourite tag teams, and Edge are respecting quite a lot. I'm not too much of a big fan of Christian, but then again, you know... See, I think that's, yeah, because I, I, I really liked Christian. I think over Edge, really. It wasn't too yeah. Edge to kind of rated our superstar that like, I kind of got interested in. I think Christian played that kind of heel baby face, that heel baby face, that kind of cowardly heel so well that not Where's many people could do it, you know. Where's my people? Well, not people, but the amount of times he got shut down or pinned by Mighty Molly, you know, <laughs> something like this. As Christian's going to put Edge away and gain a WWE contract. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Edge has already got his contract. It's Christian up to try and prove himself to have a good match. But, oh, goes for the flying headbutt and Edge sits up out of the way. But going, you know, who better could he go against than someone he knows really well inside out? They've trained, you know, many hours together so they know exactly how each one moves. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, someone, who else would you want to help you and make you look good, exactly, as, as a friend? He's already signed, so it's not a competition of, like, he's going to get signed over you, you know. It's his... And that's what WWE were good at as well, because they gave a chance. And it's probably Edge trying to help his brother out, you know, one of his good friends. He's looking to get a contract, so he wants to, you know, make his friend Christian look better as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I completely concur. Oh, Christian brought down the hard way. Edge 
huge cross diamond crossbody, yeah. Gets a victory. Oh, heaven, it didn't really count properly, but still. Well, he won a match with a crossbody off the top. Oh, no, he kicked out. Oh. Uh. If only these guys in the crowd knew <laughs> yeah. what these two would become. Exactly. You know, to exp- you see all the other stars, and these two will edge the Hall of Fame. Christian will definitely be a future Hall of Famer as well. You know, could you say that? Could you say that, Dan? It's a bit controversial. I mean, you have got... In 1997, or probably on that Raw, I mean, you have got Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Michaels, but Edge, the most times WWE champion out of the lot, really. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, if you put to accomplishments... Say, to say that Edge would win times and probably everyone on the yeah. card combined. <laughs> I, it's, that's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, not even that, not even to mention probably one of our favourite matches we've ever seen in the... TLC ladder match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So injury news. So bummer for us, Dan. The revival were part of this week's NXT live event, live events when the team bid adieu to the NXT universe. Although Scott Dawson delivered a post-match promo, Wilder remained silent. Why? Uh, well, apparently the injury occurred prior to the show as current NXT champion Bobby Roode teamed up with Scott Dawson at that event to take on the team of Nakamura and Ty Dillinger. WWE just confirmed the reports of the superstar's injury through NXT's leading medical man, Dr. Jeff Westerfield. He said on Friday night, following an in-ring injury to the right side of his jaw, we sent Wilder to the ER for a CAT scan. The test came back showing a jaw fracture and as a result he will be getting his jaw wired Friday in the morning and we are looking forward to him being back on the main roster in about eight weeks. So eight weeks out, Dan. So unfortunately when we go see Raw and SmackDown at the O2, looks like uh, Dash Wilder won't be there. The rivals, one of the guys is on the list of people we want to see. But Dash Wilder was... uh, quiz on his reaction to the injury and he said is it frustrating (laughs) 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 he said is it frustrating of course it is but it's not going to stop the revival this is nothing i've had worse than this and didn't even bat an eye or close my jaw i'll be out tonight with my jaw while shut if they let me we're as tough as we are talented the last two weeks of war were just the beginning for us. We'll be back to take what's ours, and that's those pretty little Raw Tag Team titles. Yes. Um, other injury news. Balor suffered a concussion. Oh, yeah, that Balor concussion ended up being absolutely nothing. He wrestled on fucking Raw against Kurt Hawkins, so hopefully we'll see Balor. Yeah, but I think anyone can wrestle against Kurt Hawkins, and, you know, nothing happened to him. Not really a, a match. WWE announced last Tuesday that former WWE superstar Matt Rosie Anoe, Anoe died at the age of 47. He was part of Three Minute Warning and also teamed up with uh, Hurricane Helms to be a superhero in training. Well, it's weird that you say him and Jamal teaming up because, uh, you know, Jamal turned into Marga and maybe Three Minute Warning can tag team up in heaven now, Dan, eh? But yeah, he was a brother of current WWE superstar Roman Reigns and the son of former... WWE Tag Team Champion, Seeker of the Wild Samoans. The NOI family released a following statement regarding Rosie's death per WWE.com. The NOI family is mourning the loss of Seeker's son, Matt, a.k.a. Rosie, due to an untimely death. We want to let his fans know that he loved them and the wrestling world so much. In passing, he left three beautiful young children and a heartbroken family. 
Please respect the privacy of his children and family as they mourn the loss of this kind, loving gentleman who was like who was a father, son, brother and superhero to us all. Our family appreciates your prayers and continued support during this very difficult time. Yes, a little bit more detail. Ro- Rosie debuted on the W Mag roster in 2002, as we said, as part of the three-minute warning tag team with the late Eddie Fatu. Uh, Rosie then had the tag team with a hurricane before his release in 2006. The cause of death has not been released, but he had been ho- hospitalised in 2014 with a heart disease. Yeah, he was trained by his uncles and wrestled in numerous independent promotions before signing with WWE in 2002. No, it's it's. I know you're getting a bit choked up there, Dan. I can tell, um, but he's survived by his wife and, like I say, his two children. Uh, moving on, I'm now officially bored with Paige and Del Rio. Uh, the more drunk outbursts, and we will come back to them when they are relevant, Dan. Because at the moment they're not, and uh, I'm I'm just bored. So end of an hour. Are you that bored that you've given up wanking over our pictures? As yeah, well? literally, I've, I've given up completely. Uh, so the end of an Mario Ronaldo is not done with pro wrestling yet. I've got more details coming next week. But to begin with, uh, it is well known by now that Mario Ronaldo will not be returning to WTV before his contract expires in August this year due to a bully incident with JBL. But like we said, he said that he's going to call Showtime Boxing and he wants to be pro wrestling again. Yeah. So JBL bullying. Dan, what do you think of bullying? Shut the fuck up, you fat cunt, and get back to work. Sportskedia is reporting that Mike Bennett and his wife, Maria Canellis have both signed contracts with the WWE. Yes, according to the website sources, the two were recently offered a deal and have accepted. It is also being reported that the duo is expected to debut on SmackDown Live and that while they uh, were offered another deal from their former employer, Impact Wrestling, WWE's offer was... Bennett and Canellis uh, were not taking any shows and uh, people have noticed that it's an indication that someone has signed a contract with another organisation. So we move on to bullying now. And like we talked about a minute ago, there have been, been a lot of stories about uh, JBL and his role backstage at WWE. His reputation as what some would call a prankster. <laughs> Is that what you call it, really? No, he was just pranking Yeah, him. I'm pranking you. And a locker room bully, or a locker room enforcer, and some would call a bully who hazes people uh, and so JBL Joe Cronin on Twitter said, "Hey JBL, so much stuff out there that's either BS or who knows what. Have you commented it? Have you commented on it all?" And JBL said, "Dan, no, Joe, and I won't. I shouldn't be commenting on internet stuff. I play a hill. I sincerely wish Maro nothing but the absolute best." Yes, but some juicier older incidents have come up thanks to Justin Roberts' new book. Best seat in the house. Your backstage pass through my WWE. Available in all good bookshops, of course. Uh, <laughs> Roberts answered the question about the stories he told JB on his book. Uh, he said, Dan. Uh, he said he's terrorised, guys. It's funny because people are bringing this up now because the stuff going on now and the book release. But this was like 2003 to 2004. It was a long time ago. He terrorised me and a lot of guys. He'd make life a lot he'd make life hell for a lot of guys he chewed Miz and Morrison out after they won the titles for not celebrating enough he was eventually let go back then and when he came back he was a lot better but he was mostly only showing up for TV even now it comes across on commentary (coughs) even now it comes across on commentary 
how he is now with Byron. Yeah, and one of the specific stories that uh, Roberts told was on his flight to the United Kingdom when his passport was stolen the night before and the crew was set to fly back to the States. He returned and he needed to go to the US Embassy to have it reissued so he could fly back home. And as he said in the book, seeing the passport out of someone's bag is pretty evil rib and not giving it back means it's no longer a rib. And Layfield responded to that tweet and he said, uh, I won't answer net rumours, but I didn't take Justin Roberts' passport. It could have been anyone. He was hated by the whole crew. He's an idiot. <laughs> so JBL, you know, it's a bit like... You know, if, if Roberts don't know who took it, then he can't pin the blame on someone. I lost my car keys earlier. I'm not going to pin the blame on you because, you know, you could have them. Yeah, well, that's, that's And you're known for yeah, being yeah. an arsehole. Uh, yeah, but JBL would throw bags as well. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. No, wait, I'll go back up there. While JBL might not. Yeah, uh, while JBL would not be the person who took his passport, Roberts talked in the AMA about the Lemwell Champs group, which consisted of Bob Holly, Kid Cash, and Orlando Jordan, who was like JBL's stooge. <laughs> but then, you know, they might have just been sticking to kayfabe because he was pretty much his stooge when they was yeah, together no, yeah, in that's their true, yeah. tag team, you know. So, uh, JBL, what would JBL do as well, Dan? Uh, JBL would throw my bags down the street. He typically referred to me as dipshit and numbnuts, despite my always trying to do a great job. Every day I saw him and he asked me why I was still alive and told me to go kill myself. Uh, I guess he was just playing a hill, Dan. (laughs) Well, you know, most of these rumours and stories are technically hearsay, but as they're delivered over a long enough period of time, and from enough different people, and in Robert's case, via first-person account, they become harder and harder to dimi- dismiss completely. Exactly, and it's certainly a situation a company like WWE involved in promoting anti-bullying campaigns, you know, like uh, Beer Star. It doesn't want to get mainstream attention for that. Uh, it stayed just with the wrestling media. Will it be out there on the internet? Or does JBL does JBL respond in the manner he has help or hurt, Dan? Well, you know, he's he said... Uh, it could have been anyone that took his passport and, yeah, I did think he was a dipshit. So, you know, he's not saying, he's not trying to sugarcoat it and say, no, I didn't think that, you know, I'm completely innocent because he says, you know, what went on. But, you know, where did Justin Roberts go and where did JBL go? Yeah, yeah that's just true, yeah. It's the problem of wrestling and the bitterness of people as well, you know, you can always tell. Like I say, we know JBL's an arse for what he did to Blue Meanie at ECW when he, when he, you know, beat him over the head fucking unprovoked. Yeah. Uh, we we know what JBL's like. And and fame one of the best stories actually. I mean I'm not saying like we're bullies, yeah, bullies are horrible. But Joey Styles, he uh he was getting bullied by JBL. JBL was, was hazing him, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Joey Styles knocked him on his ass. <laughs> Yeah, you know, know, and afterwards, I think Joe Styles was left to right. You think, fucking hell, you know. So this is the end of the news section on episode 99, the WNR Roundup we do every month here on the WNR podcast. And we're going to finish off with Mario Ronaldo because we've been talking about him this past couple of months, haven't we, Dan, you know, with the news section. We're just going to finish everything off now. And uh, things with Mario Ronaldo and WWE went sour before the situation with JBL, as we were discussing. When Ronaldo was brought in to be the lead SmackDown announcer, things were fine at first, and he was told to be himself. The idea that they wanted SmackDown to feel different for Raw because they wanted the show to come across more like a sport, and that makes sense, doesn't it, to have the yeah. two different variations? You know, well, it's, they're rivaling against each other. You know, it should be a separate thing. They don't want to tune into Raw and SmackDown and have the same thing constantly yeah, running yeah. through. Uh, but months later, Vince McMahon decided he wanted Ronaldo to be more. Low. 
which is the exact opposite thing that they told him when he was first hired. So they've completely like turned 180 and they could have said, Ronaldo, we don't quite like it. Can you change it up a little bit? You know, just giving him little pointers here and there. But instead, it's you must sound like Michael Cole, yeah. Yeah, and people within the company said that Ronaldo became the butt of jokes because he was different. One person described it as the smart guys being intimidated because they could usually get away with being the smartest in the room. But Ronaldo would leave people in awe or have them feeling threatened due to the amount of knowledge he has on subjects. That's when he was being labelled as being weird. Yeah, and, and I mean, that is just terrible. Someone, And we know what Ronaldo's like because he's always the guy who's recalling the moves and telling us what the finishers were called. Yeah. Uh, and like we say, the history he had on that. And that is not something to, um, to have a go at him about. You know, I think it's fantastic. And that's why he was the best announcer last year. But you know? do you think Mauro Ronaldo's trying to build a bit of a lawsuit, you know, saying the first time he was off of SmackDown was because of the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next one was because he was feeling depressed. Is that like him first off making an excuse, not wanting to announce it? Then he's probably spoken to his lawyers. Yeah. And they've said, well, say you're, say you're a bit depressed. <laughs> yeah. We did prescribe you some Prozac. And- yes. Well, but then again, he has got a history of mental illness. Like we say, the comments from JBL on Bring It To The Table were described as the straw that did break the camel's back. It should be noted that the subject for Ronaldo was something that was approved beforehand by management and there was a discussion show about what should and should not be discussed. So the director to talk about Ronaldo came from above, really. So it's Vince, it may have come from Kevin Dunn. He was part of this discussion. But it's hard to imagine that Vincent Mann was not in the loop because Dunn is McMahon's right-hand man. Now, anybody who's never heard of Kevin Dunn's name, like we say, he is his right-hand man. Vince McDan, I am his Kevin Dunn, you know, the guy <laughs> who's always there with the, the WrestleMania, the, the promo, the making sure everything works out, the producing of it as well, the videos. It's You know what I mean? They've been a team now since McMahon first bought, uh, you know, the WWF from his dad. Well, what's quite amazing is considering what has happened since the show aired, that WWE has not edited the segment from their on-air demand library. Apparently, there were also comments made about Ronaldo's appearance, and it was more than JBL. In his book, Justin Roberts talked about management encouraging this type of behaviour, and the idea is to try and weed people out that can't cut it. So that's basically like, you know, just yeah. what I was doing with Jared. I was hazing him <laughs> a bit, couldn't cut it. So he buggered off. Yeah, that, but that, like we were talking about with Justin Roberts and the comments he made was like people throwing bags around, you know, his bags and, and, and the passport being missing and stuff like that as well, yeah. Yeah, and when Roberts talked about his stolen passport during an overseas tour, he noted that Vince McMahon joked about it and the only way he could have known what had happened was by hearing it from JBL because Roberts was going to keep quiet about that yeah kind exactly of stuff. yeah Roberts weren't going to tell his boss about what happened you know he didn't want to get anybody in trouble which is the right thing to do so you can imagine JBL and McMahon you know I wonder what that sound, about, sound like you know JBL saying hey Vince I got a great yeah I stole uh, Justin Roberts passport how would McMahon react to that Dan God damn it, JBL, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Monkey dog. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's staying it. That's not to be confused with the million, <laughs> million dollar, dollar man. man. Right, million dollar man laugh, go. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And Vincent Man laugh. Go. <laughs> Do you want another go on Ted DiBiase? Ha ha ha. Anyway, so we're back in the room now. And, and this thing is the type of stuff. That went on a lot through the 80s and 90s. WWE is a public traded company and they tout their anti-bullying campaign, like we said, be a star. Point involved, uh, they're going to have to grow up and adapt to the times. Clearly some people have not grown up and this high school mentality is still there with some. But it is, like we say, in most places, like we talk about in this podcast, even at work, you have that banter, but if it 
crosses the line, it is bullying as well, you know. Most of the people that work for the company are not involved in bullying behaviour. Most fibs are just light-hearted with no malice intended and the belief has always been that JBL is just being told what to do from the higher-ups. So like I say, you know what I mean? Well, it's you know, you go back to back in the day and you've got some of the pranks that used to be paid. I think Owen Hart took a shit under the ring yeah, before yes, exactly. one wrestler yeah, yeah, had to... Yeah, yeah. Mr. Perfect as well, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, was it Mr. Perfect? No, Mr. Perfect and... Oh, um, Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Yeah, Owen Hart used to play ribs all the time. He, yeah, in, in Mick Foley's book, he, he rang Mick up at four o'clock in the morning. He answered, he put on an accent. He said, hello, are you that fake wrestler? He goes, well, I don't really appreciate it. He goes, well, I think you are. So when you kick in the corner, I can see you using the other leg for it. So I know it's fake. So Foley got really annoyed. He's like, oh, come on then. Uh, he's like, if you've got a problem, what do you want to do about it? He said, well, I'm in the lobby of your hotel right now. Let's go. <laughs> so Foley said he got dressed, went downstairs, was really angry, walked into the lobby. No one there. He looked around. He said, own heart pissing himself in the corner, <laughs> realising what he's done. And it's, it's stuff like this, you know, that it, uh, is acceptable, I think, because that's just well, yeah, ribbing on each other. If, if, some, if uh, Owen Hart had taken Foley's passport, that yeah, still exactly. would have been the same kind of rib, wouldn't it? In a way, but you know, there is like people. Who, um, I can't remember the wrestler who had a hat, and, and someone took a shit in a hat. You know, I'm yeah. a bit Marty Jannetty or someone like that. So it does happen, but like we say, you, you've got to be careful because there's definitely a line. Well, it's it's like if JBL was only doing it to Ronaldo, and you know, he was only picking on people that wouldn't fight back, people that wouldn't stand up for himself. Then you know, maybe it. Could have been different. Yeah. JBL and McMahon are very close, which probably explains why JBL has not been fired. WWE has not commented on the situation, so there's no way a disciplinary action has been taken. At last word, WWE looking to reach a settlement with Ronaldo that would presumably compensate him in exchange for him not speaking out publicly against JBL or the company. And Mario Ronaldo's statement... Sorry, Dangle. Oh, no, I was just, you know, like I was saying... Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. A little while before, you know, he was... He was obviously trying to get I, in for... A, that's why Ronaldo has not spoken publicly about yeah, it. Yeah, because he, WWE have tied... I think they've tied his hands a little bit. And I don't. I think WWE aren't really being fair. But anyway, Mario's statement in the article is brief and it is to the point. What does it say, Dan? Uh, WWE and I have mutually agreed to part ways. It has nothing to do with JBL. <laughs> Sorry for laughing, but if you... Do you know what I mean? So is that hush money? It's like when Jazz says to me, I'm leaving the podcast. It's nothing to do with Dan. <laughs> Yeah, you paid him off. <laughs> yeah, that meant everything to do with him. Sorry, go on. Uh, Layfield is also quoted. Uh, Layfield also quoted in the post in a way that says admitting fault and framing the stories from Robert's book as a relic of the old WWE. Yeah, he said. Admittedly, I took part in the locker room pranks that existed when the industry within the industry years ago. WWE addressed my behaviour and I responded accordingly. Yet my past has been brought up because of my recent unfounded rumours. I apologise if anything, anything I said playing the bad guy on a TV show was misconstrued. Newsweek's story also has the first statement from the company on that matter. Beyond a brief mention of Ronaldo's contract end date a few weeks back, it affirms their comments to their philanthropic marketing efforts and says that an internal investigation of the situation despite the lack of an official complaint from Maro or any other employee, which turned up nothing. As part of our commitment to creating an inclusive environment, in April 2011, WWE launched our anti-bullying campaign, Be A Star, which encourages young people to treat each other with tolerance and respect. Uh, like Stephanie said as well, as this charity publicity is the best publicity as well. And as a publicly traded company, that mantra carries forward in our corporate culture. 
As such, we fully investigate any allegations of inappropriate behaviour included in the recent alleged situation with John Layfield, a.k.a. JBL. They used his new real name, Dan. Despite no formal complaint having been submitted. Will this article carefully released to a mainstream media outlet on Saturday morning, a time which seems to have designed to exit the quickly cycling conversation as soon as possible. Settle the issue for fans, sponsors and partners. Well, Dan, we shall see. In the meantime, SmackDown continues with Tom or Todd Phillips as lead announcer, which Vanala moves on to mixed martial arts, boxing on Showtime and other jobs, including a really teased return to call him pro wrestling. And I say something here. If Impact Wrestling manages to get Mario Ronaldo, that would be... That would be perfect for him. Do you know that? Yeah. Another thing would be good. I'm just honestly sort of thinking at the moment. New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know they've got JR doing it. Mario Ronaldo doing it as well. I, I would English commentator on a Japanese event. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that would be interesting as well. So, yeah, 205 Live we're going to watch. And it is episode 20 from April 11th, Dan. Smackdown were dominated by the superstar shake-up, so it was reasonable to expect at least one surprise on 205 Live. Yeah, I can't wait. I wonder what the surprise is. Well, unfortunately, uh. this wasn't the case. Let's take a look at what happened on this week's episode of 205 Live. Yes, let's have a look indeed. I mean, you've been enjoying 205 recently, haven't you, Dan? I have, yeah. You know, it's it's finding its feet still, I think. You know, it's as, as we're coming up to this episode, it's only 20 episodes into it, so, you know... Still early days. I think they're still ironing out a few little kinks here and there. But, you know, hopefully they can go on and power up the way they did in the 205 Live. Yeah, most definitely. And the first match is the Brian Kendrick versus Mustafa Ali. Uh, after a great opening video package highlighting the previous week's main event, the Brian Kendrick came out for the first match of the night against Mustafa Ali. Yeah, and the action started a little slow while they sized each other up. But whenever Ali is involved, you know things are going to pick up. Drew Gulak was shown watching from backstage to further his strange storyline with Ali. But a bigger feud took centre stage in the closing moments. So let's have a look now. Again, we've seen these two characters since the 205 Live tournament. So, you know, the CWC tournament, sorry. You know, they both impressed us. Brian Kendrick, he's he kind of had a bit of a run as a really good heel. And then I think he's been overtaken by Neville as yes. top heel. Yeah. Had a good little run-in teaching lessons to um, yeah, ah, Akira, Akira Tazawa. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully there's a little little ending there to that feud. Well, there, we know, were it's... talking about, you know, like we say, these two having a match with a Gulak as well, but leading on to something else. But Ali is a lot of fun to watch, uh, but his character hasn't been defined yet, has it, Dan? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, he's, yeah he's a bit quiet yeah he's kind of a bland baby face but he's excited brand of offense has earned him a lot of fans and as you can see the way he does move 450 as well uh is really good yeah uh well kendrick's handshake reveals so much about his character 
in the span of a second, his facial expression and body language say, I'm going to enjoy punishing you. Yeah, exactly. And like we say, and this is the perfect babyface versus heel match. Kendrick going to the outside, but Ali... Oh, oh a nice springboard over the top there and takes out Kendrick with a lovely crossbody. And Enzo More is jealous of how many different animal prints Kendrick can fit into one pair of tights, Dan. I think Enzo has a lot more on his plate to be jealous about. Probably wrestling talent, you know... Being able to work on your own without some lanky streak of piss next to you, throwing <laughs> you about and using you as a fucking weapon. But I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to let Enzo Amore put a downer on watching the CWC. Yeah, indeed. The cruiserweights are here and Kendrick's just got underneath the ring. Look out of Ali's way. Is he trying to teach Ali a lesson? <laughs> What's Kendrick doing? Well, he's looking for where Kendrick is and Kendrick's grabbed out his hand over the stairs and just pulls him into the ring post. Well, that is veteran light by Brian Kendrick. Absolutely brilliant there. Ali could be in serious trouble in the neck and, of course, we all know Kendrick's finishing, don't we? We do indeed, yes. It's the captain's hook. And now Kendrick's got hold of Ali. Just going to wear him down. Just dragging his face across the rope there and just pushing his mouth into oh. the ring ropes and then kicking the bottom rope straight into Ali's mouth. Oh, but Kendrick only getting a two count there. Two. Oh, fucking hell. High back body drop there by the Kendrick. And the Kendrick, can he get him down? Two. Ooh. Oh, and near two count again. Two by Charles Robinson, everybody. Oh it's a million dollar dream, is that? Yeah. And now Ali in the middle of the ring. Caught. Nowhere to go. This is it. If Kendrick starts shaking him, then Ali's fucked. It's when he starts shaking it. Can Ali try and fight out of this, Kendrick? Showing all his veteran instinct, like we say. All the tricks in the book. But Ali's fighting his way out. He's not easily. Oh, oh, but Kendrick follows Ali to the ring ropes and just hits him with a forearm as soon as he bounces off. Oh, he goes, goes straight oh, for it now. flips him over. But Ali ties him up with a small package, but only gets a two count. Two. Kendrick going for the big boot, but gets caught. Cool. Oh. oh, but Ali responds with a lovely spin and heel kick there straight to Kendrick's face. And now both men are down. And who can get up and get the momentum in this match? I think both men need a victory, you would say, as well, Dan, wouldn't you? Well, as I say before, you know, Kendrick's kind of slipping down as top heel. He needs to rejuvenate his position there. And Ali, as you mentioned before, is a bland face. So, you know, both of these characters need something to spice up their careers. Well, let's hope Kendrick can get some success in the corner of Ali. Oh, no, Ali saw him coming and now hits him with a big elbow as well. Could this be the end for Kendrick? I mean, he's had most of the momentum in this match. He has, and now Ali there. We see him, the, the, the roly-poly, dosy doe as it is Ali's offence. But an Irish rip reversal throws Ali straight into the corner, but he dodges the oncoming Kendrick and hits him with a lovely step-up in Seguri. Well, that is beautiful. Now he's got the look in his eye. He's got blood in his mouth as well from Kendrick's attack. Rolling back in the ring now. Oh, lovely neck breaker there. And that's going to that's gonna be it. Ooh. But Kendrick managing to kick out. Ah, Kendrick showing his toughness, like we say, former Cruiserweight champion himself, the veteran he is. Ali filling the back of his head, but he needs to put Kendrick away in a victory over a former Cruiserweight champion for Ali. This young man, you know, the potential for him in this. Oh. Give him a bit of momentum to go and get beaten by Neville. <laughs> Kendrick saw Ali coming in, but Ali got the better of that exchange. Oh, Ooh, springboard crossbody. Kendrick manages to dodge it. Oh, my God. Beautiful calf kick by Kendrick, sending Ali inside out. Two. Going for the pin. Oh. Kick out. Uh-huh. And you can see the frustration growing now on Brian Kendrick's face. Trying to put him in the submission. Can't put him away. Trying to pin the man as well. 
We know the heart of Ali in that replay. We see Ali inside out. And now Kendrick's got him up. Torture rack. But oh. Ali there fighting his way out with some big right hands. Oh, my God. Kicks the incoming Kendrick. And you know what he can do to opponents in this position. It is. And it's a beautiful maneuver as well. As he goes up. And Gulak looking on saying, no, he shouldn't be doing this move. Oh. But Kendrick up in just enough time there to crutch Ali on the top. I think Kendrick agreed with Gulak, and now he's got Ali. Oh, my God. Oh, he kind of got hung up on the top rope, but manages to drag him round with a fisherman's hook. Can't get to the ropes, and the bell rings, but I don't think Ali tapped. Charles Robson saying he didn't call for the bell either. What the hell's going on? Oh, who's out there that rang the bell? Well, that's, that's a bit of a... Tazawa. No, it yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's teaching Kendrick a lesson. And what's that lesson, Dan? The match isn't over until it's over. <laughs> And Kendrick can't believe it. He's still not put Ali away. But he's giving oh. Kendrick a taste of his own medicine. He is, and Kendrick just got a taste of that Ali kick to the face. Ali to the top. Inverted oh. 450. One, two, two three. three. And Kendrick loses to Ali. Wow. With a little bit of help from Akira Tozawa. Yes, so like you say, the Tozawa-Kendrick feud continues. Ali picks up a huge victory there as well. And like we say, gets taught, Kendrick gets taught a lesson along the way. Indeed he does. So the next match after that was Rich Swan versus Johnny Ocean. Uh, yeah, the second bout featured Rich Swan taking on a man by the name of Johnny Ocean. Based on this match, we won't be getting to know him in the future. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Ocean. Johnny Ocean. Well, you know, he got in a little offence and Swan made quick work of him with a Phoenix Splash. The drama after the match is what took up the most time. Yes, we talk about the drama after the match, and Swan claimed that he was the one who'd been sending Alicia Fox gifts, which brought out Noam Dar to call him a Noam Dar. He is injured, but he's out here. Uh, Foxy stood by a man until another present was delivered by a courier, Dan. Uh, yes, the box exploded with white powder all over her face and clothes. I'm sure she's not been the first time she's had white powder all over her face. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Uh, Dar's look of fear at how Foxy might respond was the best part of the whole segment. <laughs> yeah, what I mean, he does pay a fucking dweeb well, like we talk about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, notes and highlights from that segment. Why does WWE insist on pushing this storyline with Dar and Fox? It hasn't worked since she was dating Cedric Alexander, and now they're chucking Rich Swan into it. It's like, I'm having to go at you for confusing the two. <laughs> this is what WWE's doing. Exactly that, yeah. You know, they've just replaced one brother with another. <laughs> and the uh, powder explosion was clearly supposed to be bigger. I think mean, something fell out of the box when she opened yeah, it. it so, like that, yeah. I mean, we can see the picture of her face there. I mean, but who am I to say that she may or may not have? Who are you, Dan? Been taking that? Who? So we move on to the main event. So anyway, main event time for two i five live. It is TJP versus Jack. Gallagher and a match that will TJP versus Jackie G. Well, two of, well, two of your guys, Dan. You excited for this match? No, I'm very excited. You know, we've we've not really seen. I've not really seen a very impressive TJ Perkins since the tournament. And Jack Gallagher, he's been impressive throughout. You know, um, certainly building a very good character for himself. A bit of a devious wrestler of some sorts. You know, and he does really well in the ring. Yeah, because TJP, of course, was your pick, and of course, he won. The CWC tournament. Jack Gallagher's a guy pressed us no end. Of course, CWC in here now had an opportunity with Neville, but came up short, didn't he? At the uh, fast lane pay per view, it was fast lane pay per view, and now Perkins siding with Neville. It seems as well. Perkins more technical side to him as well, of course. 
He has indeed, yes. You know, and he's a very agile, athletic wrestler as well. <laughs> but look at that, though, by Jack. You can't get more agile than doing a handstand to get out of a side headlock. How do you solve a problem like Jack? I mean, what does Perkins have to do if he wants to win? I think he has to go a bit more brutal than Jack Gallagher because Jack Gallagher's very good at escaping moves. He's very good at tying people up. But I think Jack slightly lacks that killer instinct. And yes, TJ Perkins, yes. I think he has it more. I completely agree with you. I think Perkins should have gone hill, you know, that kind of cockiness. I think with Gallagher, yes, he's bordering on a comedy character where he needs to turn it up serious a little bit, doesn't he, you know? We know how good he is in the ring, but at the moment, just showing off. Oh, gets Perkins for the cover. Ooh. Oh, TJP managing to kick out. Oh, and now Jack grabs hold of that arm, trying to stop Perkins. It's a very good technical matchup between these two men. Oh, and Perkins giving as good as he's getting with a lovely head scissors takedown. Oh. And then he spoils it by <laughs> fucking dabbing. <laughs> uh oh. Ruh oh. Ruh oh. Scoob. Jack Gallagher there managing to reverse the pressure onto TJP's neck and. He's got his own innovative head scissors on him. He has indeed. Very stylish. And Perkins tries to slip out of it. But Jack managing to catch him again and put him down. Like I say, it's technical wrestling. I don't know if the crowd is used to this kind of style as well. Perkins can wrestle with the best of them. We've seen the amount of styles he can incorporate into it. And it's good to see a different side of TJ. And it's nice to know not giving up, Dan, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. You know, um, it kind of went cold on TJ after he had won the inaugural title. Um, but, you know, it is good to see him finally getting to make his step back up the ladder and, you know, going against one of the best in 205 Live, Jack Gallagher. Yeah, without a doubt. Look at Perkins now lifting his legs to try and get out of it. <laughs> Jack knows what to do. And he's obviously scouted Jack Gallagher to the point that he's doing some of his moves or, you know, using his own innovative ways to get out of Jack's yeah, moves. Brilliant way to nip up my Perkins. And Jack just hit my favourite move there as well. Managing to get Perkins out the ring. That was very high elevation Jack Gallagher got on that drop kick. Oh, and Jack now. William the third. It is the third. And is he going to go up top? Is he going to marry Poppins? Oh, no. It's unlucky to open up an umbrella indoors. But not if your name's Jackie Gallagher. He's singing in the rain. Oh, my God. TJ Perkins, I walking away wisely. Oh, Gallagher responding by dabbing, and that enticed TJP to get back into the ring. Oh, and Jack might catch him now with a pin. Oh, Cradle couldn't get the job done. Kick out. Uh. Now he's going to try and hip toss uh, Perkins, but he reverses it. Throws Gallagher into the corner, and he does his patented headstand. I mean, any man would be stupid (laughs) to try and onslaught that because you'd just be running into a boat. And that's what Perkins is finding out. And I'll tell you what is good. We've seen the early going of this. The facials of each uh, wrestler as well. Showing, you know, not sure what the other one's doing. And really selling it in that way. And you can tell there's definitely a lot of respect between these two as well. Yeah, without a doubt. The chemistry is good. As Perkins catches himself on the second rope. (coughs) Jack Jack trying to go in a drop kick. Perkins moves out of the way. But now it's Jack on the apron. Oh, goes for the sunset flip. Perkins holding on. Oh, hear this way to get out of it. Oh, oh and DDT Gallagher's leg. That must have hurt. Well, it would indeed. And Perkins in focus on that area where he can make him tap out with a TJP clutch. You know, it was the only victories he's had with that move. Most definitely, yes. And a one-legged man and last kicking contest, as we know. <coughs> it's been a bit back and forth. Do you think it will change now? Oh, yeah. I think Perkins is going to have a bit of offense of his own and, you know, try and wear the ginger man down. <laughs> Go on, Jack. 
in his rainbow pants trying to kick off Perkins. Perkins is just standing on Gallagher's head. Hilo over the top there, landing full body weight on Gallagher. Goes he, for the cover. He does hit the leg in the end, but only a two. Two. But Jack's still feeling that left leg, and Perk is now stalking him, and he's smirking as well, Dan. No, he isn't, James. He's just got a grin on his face. But as you can see there, Gallagher doesn't use knee pads, so this could potentially hurt him more when he gets put on. Indeed, you know. It's, uh, and look at that now, as you say, no knee pad to protect him there as the foot is fully on. That knee just pushing it in the wrong direction, and Gallagher's foot is actually being used as a kind of weapon in itself. I mean, this is what's good with Jack and Perkins. They use the other opponent to actually hurt themselves as well. Well, he's playing Jack's game against him, you know, tying him up, making him feel stupid. But, uh, you know, going for the cover. But Jack there managing to power out. And again, arching the back. Yeah, it's a bridging out of it, isn't it? The power of the neck as well. Perkins trying to stop that. Oh, what a lovely exchange between these two. Still holding hands as they flip each other over. That is beautiful. That is that is wrestling at his best. But Perkins now has turned him round. Oh, that's uh, a, <laughs> a very innovative version. What's that like? Uh, it looks like a, a different way to put on a sharpshooter, doesn't it? Does it does look you know? a bit sharpshooter-ish. He's got the leg crossed, but Jack managing to get to the rope and breaking the two. Well, he had his leg, the way he had that leg in position there. Jack, like I would say, has had that knee now beaten down for the past few minutes. Can he make any offence? Oh, with them big headbutts to the midsection of Perkins. Jack Gallagher's trying to make his way to his feet, but he's still hobbling about on that leg. Oh, my God. Perkins. Picks a leg, jumps over, and as Jack was getting up, plants him in the head with a couple of feet. It was a huge dropkick there by TJP on Jack. Goes for the cover, but Gallagher managing to kick out. Ah, and now Jack in serious trouble. But I've always said this with Jack as well. Those headbutts for him are his biggest move that he can hit. To try and get back into this, he's going to have to hit a few of them. And Perkins keeping on the ground the furthest away position that he can for a fucking headbutt as well. As he picks him up now. It is indeed. Perkins is a very intelligent wrestler. And he got him up in a suplex and he turns it now. Oh. Oh, with a back suplex. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, only a two. Two. Jack now filling the back of his head. <laughs> his leg. He's been put through. Him. And Perkins, I think since, you know, like we say, sit for the middle of the match, he's got the confidence now that we haven't seen in a very long time for TJP. Does look like a different wrestler at the moment. It is, you know, he's certainly picked up the pace for Gallagher. He's having a wrestling match with him as well, you know, not just a high-flying aerial match that Perkins, you know, can have. Yeah. He's, he is very innovative with his offence, depending on his opponent. He is, and Jack at the moment, trying to fight out of it. But again, you know, if Jack Gallagher knows how to put these moves onto wrestlers, he should know how to get them, get out of that them. That is if true, they put yeah. On and Jack is trying to get his foot out from under Perkins, but like I say, Perkins just keeping him there as well. But Gallagher not liking the pressure of when he's getting out wrestled. You know, he was managing to beat the big man Tony Nice, like unable to overcome Neville. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to a wrestling match, Jack Gallagher's looking a bit second to Perkins. Oh, definitely at this moment in time, as he finally gets out of the suplex attempt by Perkins. And now, what can Gallagher do? Oh. Oh, a lovely suplex of his own there, sending Perkins flying across the ring. And now Gallagher's trying to get some momentum if he can. Picks him up. Oh, Ooh. slams it down again. Go for the cover. Oh, Perkins managing to kick out. Ah. Jack now just trying to get some. Well, he's got the separation now for Perkins. Trying to build some momentum in this match. He's got to try and forget about that leg, leg Jack. Even though he's finisher, 
is that double drop kick in the corner as well, isn't it? Double dro- that drop kick in the corner. That is a very good move as well. And Jack now trying to grab the arm. Gets thrown against the ropes, but holds on. Perkins with a springboard forearm there, <laughs> planting it right on the money. Yeah, but did you see the way Perkins landed there as well? Before he banged his head. Still manages to nip up. Oh, no. Now Jack in the corner. What am I going to do? <laughs> What's Perkins going to do? Oh, no. Jack manages manages to deposit Perkins up on the top rope. Now this could be the chance to change to change the events of this match, get the pinfall victory as well. I mean, if Jack wins this, he'll be straight up. He'll oh, be... he's taking very long over the move. I know, but if he wins this, though, he'll be right up in those uh, 205 rankings, as it was, and he's got Perkins. Oh! Fucking hell, he folds. He folds TJ Perkins in half, and <laughs> yeah, with that suplex off the top, but fuck knows how Perkins managed to kick out. Oh! Call blimey, governor. <laughs> yes, like you say... High-end back suplex. Perkins looked like he landed on the back of his neck. Go on, show it in super slow-mo. Here we go. <laughs> too far, too far, too far. Oink. Oh. <laughs> he kneed himself in the face. That's how folded in half he was. And wisely rolling to the outside there, Perkins, trying to get some, trying to get away from Gallagher. Yeah. I think Jack could pin. Yeah, if Perkins was in the ring, he'd probably get the pin now. Goes to the outside. Jackie Boy fighting Perkins back in. This Perkins takes it. Is he playing possum? Oh, he picks that leg of Gallagher and he locks in the TJP clutch. Oh, he's got it. What's Jack going to do? Leg's been worked on as well. Come on, Jack. Don't let us down. Ask him, ref. Ask him. You're Britain's only hope. Come on, Jackie Boy. Get to that rope. Come on. Yes, turns it, alleviates the pressure. Yeah. Rolls to the bottom rope. If he can't escape it, there's always a way out. But has the damage been done to Jack's knee? That's the question. And Perkins going straight for it again. The big bullseye on it. Oh, but Gallagher there managing to pick Perkins' head and gets him in a side headlock. But Perkins applies pressure to the back of Gallagher's knee and gets some separation. Oh! As I say that, a spinning backbreaker from Jack Gallagher to TJP and, yes, changed the momentum back again. (laughs) Now could Jack, come on, put Perkins straight onto that bad knee. I mean, was it a wise move from Gallagher? Oh, I don't know. Perkins, like you say, recovering with a drop kick. Oh, springboards his way over the top. But Gallagher pulls the apron out and delivers a big headbutt there to Perkins. I think that might be one of my favourite moves of all time then. That's fucking brilliant. Very, very good use of the apron there by Gallagher. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we see the replay, Perkins. Timed it brilliantly. Bang! Head right on the money. Perkins was distracted and tied up. Can he get the pin now? Oh. But the headbutt goes for the cover, but only a two. Uh, two. <laughs> uh, two. And Perkins, he spent, and that was great. Like you say, Jack knows the ring so well. And look at his little nipples. <laughs> Can he put... TJP away. Can he put him away? Can he put him away? Has he got enough life left in that leg of his to run from one corner to the other? I don't know. I don't know. Each man has taken the other to the limit. And look at those big European uppercuts now as well. But Perkins responds with a big right hand. I think it hurt Perkins more than it hurt Gallagher. Oh, my God. Who's going to win at least two? The brawl down as they yay and a punches. Oh, I don't know. I might have to go with Gallagher because he's got a hard head on him. Oh, a combination by Jack. Oh, but Perkins managed to dodge him and deliver a combination of his own. 
Spinning heel kick to the midsection. Follows up with another one to hey. the head. But Gallagher was headbutt there, sending both men into a corner. Fair play to both men. And like you said, Perkins in the corner. Is, never, uh, is Jack going to go for it? Oh, oh no. The, the, the leg. It's the leg, James. It's the leg. He can't do it. And Perkins can see that now. Oh, my God. God. Helps him on his way to the corner, but throws him straight into the ring post. Head first into the big ring post. And now Perkins. He's got him up. Bang. Oh, detonation kick. Go for the cover. Three. Oh, my God. Well, TJP wins down. What do you think of the match? It was a fucking good match between the two of them. You know, both men truly deserve to be there. I would have been happy whoever won it because, you know, I respect both these wrestlers quite a lot. And, you know, aside from their awful habits that he's probably going to do in a second. (laughs) But, you know, Gallagher got a lot of love for him. TJP got some love for him. If you don't dab, good. They come away from it. No, no, it it was was a fantastic match, wasn't it? You know, both uh, men put it all on the line. And again, you know, it could have gone slow motion on that fucking back suplex from the top rope. No. But, yeah, it could have gone either way and, yeah, you know, very good. Yeah, well, exactly. And, but uh, I think a couple of things for me with Jack, uh, the fantastic performance, but again, with comedy and the umbrella is going to cap Gallagher's potential as well. He makes it funny sometimes, but he deserves more than a pure comedy gimmick, doesn't he, you know? Most definitely, yes. Perkins' threat that he would get himself counted out was a classic kill move. It didn't get as much heat as you would think. Yeah, but then again, the, the crowd, like you say, the crowd at 205 is never the best, is it? You know, especially yeah. after SmackDown and that. So, uh, and you know, I saw in slow mo about six times. He landed very awkwardly from that superplex, but he kept going like a trooper. He did indeed, and pulled he, out the V as well. Exactly. So very impressive. We move on to the next episode, 205, episode 21, uh, which was the 18th of April. And we start off, and uh, the first match we're going to have is Akira Tozawa versus Tony Nice. Akira Tozawa come out for his match, and as he did, they showed footage of what went down last week in the Tozawa versus Brian Kendrick feud. Yeah, so Tozawa ringing that bell and costing Kendrick the victory. Uh, but Tozawa's in action tonight and going against the premier athlete, Tony Nice. He's built like a heavyweight, and he fights like a cruiserweight, and we're going to see Tozawa. And uh, look at Nice, Nice just Nice needs a couple of seconds. Just to show off his physique. What does Tazawa have to do to win this, Dan? Uh, well, he certainly needs eyes in the back of his head. Got to look out for Brian Kendrick because you know he's going to try and teach Tazawa a lesson. Ah! 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 And Tony Nee's showing his power, but that's not going to put off Tazawa. Like I say, he's a tough cookie, this young Japanese man who's had Kendrick on his case now for the majority of his WWE career as well. He has indeed, yes. And, you know, Brian Kendrick wanted to be his mentor but Tozawa politely declined and since then you know Kendrick and Tozawa lessons I think they're up to lesson nine there's a lot of lessons isn't there there has been a lot of lessons more lessons it's going to be the same there's a lot of of lessons Bond films as well as uh, Tozawa and Nice little run around at ringside Tozawa now with the offence catching Nice Oh, but Nice with a sunset flip. Tazar rolling through and delivering a big kick to the chest. And, oh, that scent on there. And what does Nice need to avoid in this match, Dan, with Tazawa? Ah! 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 He needs to just capitalise on when Kendrick comes out and distracts Tazawa. <laughs> no, I, I think Tazawa, though. I think Nice needs to avoid Tazawa's big offence, as we've just seen then. Tazawa go for the suicide dive. Well, if 
Sorry, go on. He, he doesn't need to let Tazawa get momentum because yes. once he gets that, he's dangerous, and then that's when he finishes wrestles. And not only that, if Tazawa gets that snapping German suplex, as we've seen, you know he's going to get the pinfall victory as well. As Nice tries to pin Tazawa, but Tazawa kicks out. Oh. And now Nice working a side headlock. Tony Nice a bit interesting because he beat TJ Perkins, didn't he, a couple of months ago? Uh, what's happened, Dan? Uh, well, <laughs> not going to say I've called it, but. Brian Kendrick has made his way ringside. You know, it was a bit earlier than I anticipated. Don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong. But he's come out and I don't know who he's cheering on. Is he cheering on the Premier Athlete? I, I would assume so, unless he wants Cesar to win so then he can teach him a lesson afterwards. You know, you, you never know. And again, the Brian Kendrick showing how you you wear animal print pants. Yeah. <laughs> and but, you don't have to have your hair like a douche. But look at the... Look at the power of Tony Nice holding Tsar up. Delayed vertical suplex, one arm. Okay, now keeps him there for ages whilst posing with the other arm. Bounces Tsar off the top. Tsar just slams to the floor, goes for the cover, but only a two. Two. And like I said, the amazing Tsar is still in this match, but Nice has been very impressive. He's got the look, but can he back it up here tonight? Especially with Brian Kendrick looking on as well. Well, as I said, you know, now Tazawa's definitely got to have eyes in the back and front of his head. Yeah, and he's got the torture rack on now. Tazawa, will he tap? Oh, but Tazawa with some big knees to Nice's head. But Nice responding with a big right hand. Oh! Frankensteiner there by Tazawa. Well, it sends Nice to the apron, and now Tazawa's going to try and, like say, build some momentum in this match. And Tazawa there with a big running forearm and sends Nice off and onto the... And now what's Tazawa doing? Ah! 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 <laughs> Suicide dive, oh. head first into Nice. And then just goes and puts his arm up in celebration towards Lee Brian Kendrick. Exactly, and then stares down Lee Brian Kendrick. Now he's on the eight, but he's going to go to the top and try and put Tony Nice away. Oh, Tazawa there jumping over the oncoming Nice. Oh, what a huge kick by Tazawa. Can put Nice away. Oh. Nice managing to kick out. Ah. Fair play to Nice. Double tough there. Managed to kick out that huge Yakuza kick. I call it that because he's Japanese. And, ah, and now Tazara, is he looking for it? No, just trying to back suplex him. Trying to get the crowd into it as well. But Nice showing his power. Oh, Nice with the backslide though. Yes, Charles Robinson knows. Well, Nice, yeah. Big knee to the back of Tazara. Sending him to the middle rope now. Now working him with a big four. I was referee's counting. And now will that leave him Tazara vulnerable? Yes, referee's distracted with Nice. Kendrick. Oh, but Charles Robinson knows. Well, don't well, say Robinson. Luke, your hand. Send him out of here. Wait One, a minute. Tazawa's got the pin. Three. <laughs> Tazawa there with the roll up on Nice. Gets the victory. And, well, you know, he capitalised on D. Brian Kendrick's uh, interference. He did indeed. And I think Nice would be happy, yeah, with Kendrick there. Distraction. It didn't teach him a lesson. Tazawa, you need to get out of there now, man. Beards and long hairs against Asians. <laughs> oh. oh! But Nice attacks Kendrick from behind and Tazawa <laughs> rolls out there with a big grin on his face. So Tazawa says, that's the number three for Kendrick is, Dan. Eyes. He said, you need eyes in the back of your head. And t- <laughs> similar to what I said earlier. Very, very similar. So, you know, I tell you what, the way I see NXT is the way you see 205 Live. <laughs> you, just, you just know what's going to happen. Uh, what, did you think of the, what did you think of the opening match in that? It was fucking great between the two, you know, and both men working really well in the match. 
and Kendrick, you know, this little feud he's got going on with Tazara, it's not quite come to its culmination yet. Uh, I'll be looking forward to, you know, seeing what happens in the end as they tie it all up, see which direction each man goes, you know, and maybe with a bit of interference from Nice, you know, he's, he might not have... Fi- he might still have some business with Kendrick as well. Exactly, most definitely, you know. And, and this is the thing as well. Uh, with, with 205, what we've seen is they get time. I know the crowd's not really into it and that. But it's really good best in action as well. Action, isn't it? You know, it's good it is, matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's even <laughs> even if the fans don't appreciate it, we certainly do. Yeah. So up next, Rich Swan came out to talk about Alicia Fox, but was quickly cut off by Noam Dar, who wasn't happy. He yelled at Swan about interfering in Dar and Fox's relationship and called him a rat. Fox then came out. Swan asked, who will it be, Foxy? Dar, stunned, wanted to know what this was all about. Fox addressed Dar, dressing him down by saying his cologne stinks, he's immature and he can't cook. She revealed that she never really cared about him and was just using him as he seemed to have potential. She was also annoyed, by the way, he says... Alicia Fox! And then she officially dumped him. The crowd, the crowd half-heartedly, at best, song as he left. Well, Fox then focused their attention on Swan, thanking him for all the gifts. Swan said they all came from the heart. She said she was going to give him what he deserves. <laughs> Leaning in for a kiss, boys and girls, but he stopped her. Swan asked if she remembered Cedric Alexander. He said she left Alexander high and dry. He's one of his closest friends, and that's what you and you get what you deserve. Gunned her and made his exit. So basically, he just fucked her over. Exactly. But Alicia says fine. Being single was fine anyway. She went after the crowd over the what charts and started talking about Louisville being her city as she was eventually cut off. Thank goodness for that. Yes, uh, and Aria Davari came out wearing fancier new clothing. Uh, they've tweaked his gimmick a bit as he's now rich. <laughs> you know, maybe in Indian Alberto Del Rio. Exactly, exactly. He might have his own yeah, ring yeah. announcer. Uh, and it was shown during his entrance that he is rich and came to the arena today in a fancy new car. Maybe a Jaguar. Maybe a Jaguar, yeah. Maybe a Jaguar. And he blew off the valet when he motioned for a tip. So he's like, not that rich then. I don't know what cars are anyway. So yeah, uh, it, it was, was a, a green one. It was a foul. It was a. It was Davari versus Mustafa Ali. How did it go, Dan? Uh, Ali had the advantage early. He went for a tornado DDT, but Davari countered with a spot. They had a pretty good back and forth match while it lasted. Ali was going for the inverted 450 splash when Drew Gulak came out with a megaphone and a sign saying "No Fly Zone." This distracted Ali, allowing Davari to ground him and lay him out with a hammerlock lariat combo for the win. And then Dasha Fuentes interviewed Gulak backstage. He said, tonight we've seen the first steps of a bright future for 205 Live. Ali's short-signed high-flying... Ali's short-signed brand of competition that has no future. He will stop at nothing to create a better 205 Live. So there we go. We see him in invention of Davari getting a victory there. And also Gulak's storyline where he wanted to get rid of the high-flying wrestling action... So, interesting developments there as we head on to the main event, which is Austin Aries versus TJ Perkins. And, of course, these two men... Well, Aries is going to be very upset with Perkins because Perkins attacked him uh, on Monday Night Raw, like we say, signing with Neville. And at the start of this match, Austin Aries went for a handshake. Perkins spat on his hand, and Aries slapped away the hand of Perkins. Perkins got to the outside with a new hillside to him. But Austin Aries versus Perkins match you're looking forward to, Dan? 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's I'm I'm quite enjoying the way Austin Aries is doing things. You know, I've mentioned it a couple of times. He's very impressive. You know, his persona certainly is. You know, it's it's yet to be proven in the ring. He's not really had much to do, and hopefully, a good match against TJ Perkins will show what he can actually achieve. In 205 Live. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we've seen what Perkins can do as well. We've seen a lot of TJ Perkins recently working on Eston He's got a kick to the knee. Very cocky here tonight. And so he should be. You know, like I say, you've got the Cruiserweight champion in the corner. Well, the only guy we see Perkins trying to use his uh, technical wrestling. But Austin Aries might be a slightly different level. Like we talk about his experience he's had in Ring of Honor, of course. You know, the amount of championships he's won in the independent scene. Well, you know, he's certainly a different competitor to going against Jack Gallagher last week. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, different end of the scale, isn't it? You know, a guy just kind of making his start in pro wrestling. And Austin Aries, the guy who's been around for a few years. Oh, but Perkins there managing to get the upper hand on Aries and hanging him up on the top rope. Hilo over the top, but Austin Aries rolling in, trying to deposit Perkins to the outside, but he caught himself Spider-Man-like. Oh, and Aries there showing him how to do a helo back into the ring and landing on the marks. Aries scouting Perkins very well. Now catches him on the outside, throws him back in. Going to go off the top some offence. Oh, but Perkins at Aries and crutches him on the top rope. And now Perkins just with a big hammer fists on Austin Aries, wearing him down. And of course, he wants to soften him up because Austin Aries does face Neville for the Cruiserweight title in a couple of weeks. Perkins standing on Aries' head and just spinning around and just grinding his foot into Aries' face. Is this is this the hill you want to see from Perkins? Do you want to see him as a hill? Yeah, I mean, it works best because he's an annoying little fucker anyway, isn't he? You know, it's like, he's always got a look in his face. I wouldn't, when you said to me, like, oh, he's going to win it, you should cheer for him. I was like, well, not really. And then he dabbed, which proved us right, proved me right as well. And I just think, yeah, for someone like him, he works better as like kind of a cocky, arrogant little hill. But so you've got good reason to think he's a cock. Exactly. But who should get squashed at A, you know? Because all, like, no Amda should get crushed by everybody he goes against at the end of the day. Because, like we say, with Perkins, he was lucky, really, wasn't he, in CWC? So we'll see what he well, can he's, do. Well, he's. Perkins has certainly done a lot more than your number one pick. What's, I can't even remember his name. It's been so long since I've seen him. He, well, my number one pick set um, himself on fire. John Keith Jones no, or something? Zach Sabre Jr. Oh, that's Set it. himself on fire, thank you very much. My Noam Dar's still doing very well, isn't he? He is. Ho-Ho Lun. Ho-Ho Lun still had a few matches. What happened to your three? Perkins, yes. What were the other two? I can't remember that. Exactly. Where's Grand Metallic now, huh? huh? He's still uh, there or thereabouts. Uh, Where's, where's Koto Ibushi, Dan? Huh? I don't know. What's he doing? Huh? Where is he doing? Huh? Exactly. Exactly. Well, Perk is in control of this match. Oh. As I say that. Aries there, moving out of the way. Big high-altitude flip from Perkins. The greatest man that ever lived. Had that scouted. Ducks the clothesline attempt from Perkins and hits him with a big back elbow. And now trying to chop Perkins down to size. Oh, Austin Aries catches Perkins. Oh, very innovative. Indeed it was, James. And then dropping them big elbows onto the heart of Perkins. Oh. Super for the cover, but Perkins managing to kick out. Uh, oh, look at Aries in control now. Snap bearing Perkins. Not leaving him alone, though. Oh, hanging him up on, with the back of his neck over the second rope. Oh, huge net breaker now, Aries. Wanting to get the crowd into it. I don't think that's going to work, though. He tries best up the top. We're going to see high risk. Is it going to be high reward? Oh! Oh, no, but landing. But 
Did he may, maybe tweak his knee? Well, I went for the 450. That's a bullseye for Perkins there. He just ties him up with a TJP clutch. Oh, my God. Just like that. Just like that. Like I say, Aries, 450 attempt, landing his feet, tweaked his left knee and Perkins, like that kind of fucking dog that he is, managed to sniff the situation out, put him in a submission. And like Jack Gallagher last week, Aries got nowhere to go at the moment. Can he get to the bottom rope to try and get some separation between the two? Oh, and he does. But Perkins will keep that count in, like we say. Heelishly to the full five or four and a half. Four, and yeah, four three quarters, isn't it? You know, Four and 99 one hundredths. And Perkins now getting up. But so is Austin Aries. Yes, with the aid of the ropes, but still up nonetheless. Perkins there going to work straight on the back of that knee. Right, Perkins, Perkins with a lovely combination there. Right hand, left kick, and a big, nice spinning heel kick. Yeah, but Aries fighting back, though, with a big forearm and taking the elbow pad off with a roaring elbow. Oh, but Perkins had it scouted, and... Ooh, God, was that a bit of a low blow there um, by Perkins? That wasn't right. Oh, <laughs> that really wasn't right. Aries there managing to kick out, and Ooh. I think he's damaged that left knee even more. Strategy. Strategy. That's Perkins' strategy in this match, trying to be innovative. <laughs> he's got Austin Aries up for the kick. For the detonation kick, but Aries managing to fight out with some elbows. Oh, oh. boom. Oh. Turns Perkins inside out. Inside out, indeed. And now Aries like, you like apples? How do you like these apples? Oh, massive elbow there. And now he's going up top, trying to finish off Perkins. With an injured leg, is this the best idea for Austin Aries? Nope. Nope, <laughs> he's feeling the leg. He's feeling the love. Oh, but he hits it on Perkins too. No, no. But did Aries drag Perkins round so his leg was on the ropes? Well, I think can Aries, can he get the pin? No. Um, oh. Like you said, he did. He pulled him round too much. It's the ambidextry of DJ Perkins. last chancery? Aries has got the submission in now. Like you said, Dan. Last chancery. Perkins not going to tap out, though. He's tougher than that, isn't he, Dan? Yes. <laughs> no. You know, Perkins, he managed to out-wrestle a wrestler in Jack Gallagher last week. I'm sure he can get out of anything that Austin Aries can put onto him. He does. He shows his um, flexibility. Getting his leg on the bottom rope. Now oh, rolling and now rolling to the yeah. outside. Again, very wise from the newly heel Perkins. But Aries, just let Perkins go and get count out of victory. No skin off my nose as he goes to the outside. Limping round to the outside. And this is kind of carbon copy of what we saw last week with Jack Gallagher, of course. Knocking Perkins to the outside. Bringing him back in, and Aries. Oh, Aries manages to get up a limp TJ Perkins. He might be playing possum. Perkins catching a big drop kick, and now he's got him up. Oh, but Aries there with like the big forearms to either side of Perkins' jaw, hits him with the roaring elbow. One, two, three. And that is it. Aries picks up the win in a hellacious battle. Dan, what? Right, next week. Jack Gallagher's going to beat Austin Aries. Yeah. <laughs> that would all make sense. What did you think of this match? I thought it was a bloody good match again, you know. Again, I think it was a bit slower than the main event last year. It wasn't as, uh, last year, last yeah. week. Yeah. You know, um, it wasn't as technical. I don't think the fans was into it as much. But, you know, a few very good spots. And, again, a match that could have gone either way. I completely agree with you, you know. Uh, but after beating TJ Perkins in the main event, Austin Aries is jumped by both him 
and Neville after the match, making it clear that he's at a disadvantage at payback with TJP in Neville's corner. And uh, Neville's got foot up now, hasn't he, you know? He has indeed, yes. And, you know, is that TJP infiltrate camp to try and gain his trust to tear it down from the inside? No, I don't think it is, no. Well, what else did we have as well? Uh, Alicia Fox broke up with Noam Dar to hook up with Rich Swan, but Swan revealed his in- his true intentions, leaving her in the dust. Tazawa and Kendrick continued their very long lesson session. <laughs> yes, it is a very long lesson session, but are you enjoying the feud, Dan? I am, yeah. You know, at least it's got a bit of humour to it, and now I think Tazawa's trying to get his upper hand and, you know, maybe teach Kendrick a lesson or three. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's is good bit of one-upmanship between the two. Well, we move on to our next episode of 205 Live. Episode 22, and it is the 25th of April. And our first match is Akira Tazara and Rich Swan versus Brian Kendrick and... Noam Da! <laughs> yeah, against Noam A da. noticeable absence of... Alicia Fox! Recent week, she has dumped... No, I'm done. <laughs> and like we say, Tazawa teaching Kendrick a lesson. We've been enjoying this feud, but do you think it's going to make a good tag team match for tonight, Dan? Well, they're certainly trying to build towards something with Tazawa and Kendrick and the little storyline of Swan and Dar as well, you know. So it's two men getting retribution against two men that have stitched them up or screwed them over. So, you know, and ironically, it is both the Hills, Dar and Kendrick, are one that, that want to get retribution against their competitors. Now, that is interesting, because like you say, usually Bayface has got provocation to go after the Hill, and now it's the other way around. You could side with Naram Dar as Brian Kendrick, and they're getting beaten out of the ring by Swan and Tazara. What, what's Tazara thinking right now, Dan? Ah! Ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, double drop kick. Sends them both to the outside. <laughs> they're both going to go frying. Frying? Flying? <laughs> Oh, yeah, and they're both going, ah, ah, ah. Oh, oh suicide dive through the top and Swan a little bit late, but over the top and takes out Noam Dar. And Rich Swan doing a lap of ringside as well. Hey. Both men are happy, but they don't want to keep dancing. They want to concentrate on their opponents. Exactly. That lovely move, suicide dive. Where else can you get all this great cruiserweight action rather than, rather than 205 Live? Well, you know, you wouldn't expect any more from James's number two pick in the tournament. Exactly. Blind tag in by Kendrick, but he's still having no success on Swan. Swan takes him out with a lovely somersault to the back of da- uh, to the back of Kendrick's head, goes for the cover. But he kicks out. Uh. And Swan, of course, former, well, both these men in the ring, Kendrick and Swan, former Cruiserweight champions, would love to be back in the title pitch. But like you say, at the moment, Dan, they've got personal rivalries to end, haven't they? Yeah, well, again, with only one title to go through the whole show and roster, they've obviously got to keep people busy and they've still got to display the talent. And, you know, so it is good to have these little rivalries going into it. Yeah, speaking of which, I mean, Dar's just taken Swan off the second rope there with a beautiful kick. And um, I, I think Rich Swan, I think he deserves what he gets because he kind of involved himself in the Noam Dar thing. I know he said Cedric Alexander was his friend. But it almost, you know... I'm trying to cover up Alexander with Swan. I know we intentionally yeah. get the two mixed up, but it's it's just like an Asian joke gone too far. Yeah. And speaking of which, Tazara can't get in at the moment, but Noam Dar and Kendrick working well together. And I mean, if Kendrick wanted a student, Noam Dar would be a perfect person, you know, Scottish supernova, learning all the tricks of the trade. 
And he's still a young fella. Exactly, working on Rich Swan's arm. As Rich Swan gets some separation, does he, for Brian Kendrick? No. Oh, no, Kendrick pushes off the rope, uh, off the apron. And he can't make the tag to Swan, but Swan there managing to fight out, hits Dar off the ape, off the ring edge, takes out Kendrick, but Kendrick returns it with a lovely truck toe hold and drags him back, and now he's just trying to do an Enzo Amore, and all he wants to do is get a fucking tag. Well, Rich Swan's desperate. He's been worked on by Dar and Kendrick. You should know it as well. Kendrick, well, one of the longest reigning tag team champions of all time with Paul London. He knows how to work a tag team. Now, I'm Dar, maybe not, because he's just come in, and he's had his head kicked off by Tazawa. Oh, now Tazawa's finally got the hot tag and he's taken out everything that moves in the ring. <laughs> he, he is on fire and Noam Dar. And I think Noam Dar's going to be in a lot of trouble. Get a tag out. Oh, nice sunset flip. Oh, fucking Goes hell. to roll up Tazawa, but Tazawa rolls through, delivers a fucking hard kick to the face and then a senton. Oh, but Dar managing to kick out. Ah. Kendrick back in trying to help his partner. Oh. Hurricane Rana there takes Kendrick to the outside of the ring. Oh, Kiri's bringing it tonight, isn't he? Oh, big forearm, not big forearm, mate. No, no arm, not forearm. Oh. He's going for the pin. Oh, oh throw him down. to kick out. <laughs> throw him down. <laughs> oh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and a very vicious suplex there to... No Amdar, and it looks like he folded him off. It did, like an accordion, as JR would say, is to Zara. Goes to the top, and this match is broken down. And Dar, get the tag out. Come on. Oh, wisely rolls, runs to the corner, though. And Kendrick grabs Cesaro. Oh. Kendrick grabs Cesaro, but Cesaro ducks, and Dar hits Kendrick off the apron. Oh Fucking my. hell, shining wizard. Gets oh. the cover. <laughs> and just like that, it's over. Like we say, Cesaro hitting the shining wizard on Noam Dar. Picking up the victory, I knew Dar would be the one getting pinned in this one. Don't you think I was a bit like Mauro Ronaldo knowing that? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, what did you think of the match, Dan? It was quite a good match. It's made Akira Tozawa look very strong and Noam Dar would have put your house on him being pinned in this match. No. But we move on. Uh, And like I say, the crowd was at least sort of awake for this match, weren't they? So that was all good. There was a good bit of action furthering the storyline between Kendrick and, you know, uh, Tazawa. Tazawa said Kendrick chose a tag team partner tonight, but he chose poorly. Lesson four, always choose wisely. Yes, indeed, we will remember that. And Fuentes interviewed Neville, asking him how he prepared for tonight's match. He said he's proven time and time again, Jack Gallagher doesn't belong in the ring and tonight will be no different. He said, aside from maybe TJ Perkins, no one is on the Neville level. Which is something we were saying back in fucking Fastlane. Thank you very much. Yeah, but TJ Perkins, like I say, has gone right up Neville's ass now, hasn't he? You know, so. Yeah. Mustafa Ali and Tony Nese came out for their match when Drew Gulak arrived with the same picket sign from last week, which said no fly zone. He joined Tom or Todd Phillips and Corey Graves in commentary. So the match was, Dan... Uh, Tony Nice defeated Mustafa Ali by DQ. Another solid back and forth match here. Ali looked really good, even busting out a top pilo <laughs> over the turnbuckle to the outside, sending Nice reeling. Gulak complained whenever Ali did a high spot and generally talked about his dislikes for Ali's high flying style. Ali landed a tornado DDT, went for his finish when Gulak dragged him out of the ring for the DQ in Nice's favour. 
Ali did not like that and replied with another, this time wiping out Gulak. Back to the main event, and after uh, just a kind of wrestling start, as you were, Neville, is he going to do the unthinkable? Oh, and he throws Gallagher's prized umbrella, William Third, all the way out the entranceway. And this infuriates Gallagher, and he just suicide dives through the ropes and takes out Neville. Neville just made the biggest mistake of his life. You do not manhandle, like we say, Jack's umbrella, and Jack is pissed off now. And Jack's come up short a couple of times with Neville, but I think right now that's the motivation needed. Uh, maybe not, no. Neville hides in the ropes to try and get some separation between him and Gallagher. Gallagher backs off, you know, being the gentleman that he is, and... Neville responds with his typical heelish tactics and going low for the knee. Do you think WWE know what they're doing with Jack Gallagher? I hope they do. Because at the moment, I don't know, it's just he's in the main event with Neville. He might win. I'm not saying. I don't know. We're watching this live as we always do. But I'm, I'm guessing Neville's going to get a victory, you know. Uh, but uh, we'll talk more about Jack because Jackie Boy is going to be in the main event of one of the episodes of NXT as well against Tyler Bate. And Neville, we haven't seen him for a couple of weeks on 205 Live, have we? So it's, it's nice to see him. Neville jumped off the top right and hit Gallagher with a lovely drop kick. Oh, that was beautiful. Now look at Neville working Jack in a corner of the ring. Yes, he is. That's who you are. Not in just any corner. Right up against that bottom turnbuckle, Neville's foot right against Jack's neck. And Jack's been on the, like we say, losing and recently losing to uh, Neville Stooge, TJ Perkins. But I've got hope for Jack. Well, you know, it is good for the British supporters as well. You know, you've got two English guys there in the middle of the ring fighting out, you know. And it's not in the British wrestling way, you know. it's Well, not British wrestling way, but it's not in for the British title. It's not yeah. in that. It's for the Cruiserweight title. So we've got two championships, bitches. Exactly. Like we talk about Neville's level, at the moment, Jack is in serious trouble. And we've seen Neville do this. He takes his time. He likes to beat him down. I wonder, I wonder, Dan, if Aries is backstage watching, keeping a close eye on the proceedings here tonight. What I'm you sure read? he'll be keeping an eye out somewhere. Jack Gallagher with his patented headbutts there to Neville's midsection, trying to get some separation between the two. And that is unarguably Jack's best weapon is his forehead. It is indeed. And Neville just threw him into turnbuckles there. I have said, we have said for a long time, if... Jack can get you or hit you with a headbutt at least a couple of times. That is his biggest move, and he will get you down with that as well. Um, interesting. I had to let someone down a little bit on um, Twitter the other day. They were talking about this main event, and they were saying, will Jack Gallagher win? They hope he does. And I said, well, unfortunately, I, I, I just don't see Jack Gallagher. They're big Jack like we are. But at the moment, I don't see WWE really going with him, and I think he'll, he'll be losing more than he's winning at the moment. Well, you know, NXT have announced before this was aired that Gallagher's going to be facing Tyler Bate for the UK Championship. So, you know, there's still hope of him having some gold there and he's fighting on two shows. So, yeah. you know, it is good for Gallagher. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say we're, we're huge fans of Jack and we, we hope he does well he's injured or something like this. But at the moment, the way that, like I say, we're going to Perkins as well with Neville and Aries involved. Anyway, Jack's finally getting back into this, Dan. He is, yes, and a couple of big British uppercuts, or the European uppercuts. Yeah, managing to suplex Neville as well. Oh, and that beautiful high drop kick that Gallagher does so well. Right on the button, just when Neville fought, 
He had a break in this match, and now Jackie Boy needs to build the momentum there. Twiddle the moustache, son. <sighs> but look at Neville now. Finally got back into this match, and look at the bruising and the redness on Jack's shoulder. And Neville there shouting him, telling him to get up, but just kneeing him in the face and sending him back to the mat. Drop kick from Gallagher, but Neville nips up almost as quick as Gallagher stands up. And a big headbutt to the chest. That's going to be it. He's going to pin Neville. Oh, Gallagher fell on top of Neville. Goes for the cover, but only a two. Two. Come on, Jack. Do it for England. Beat that English cunt. And now he's trying to get Neville. Is it going to be a tiger suplex? Can he clasp the hands? Oh, but the strength of Neville just powers out. and Oh, you talk about the strength. Look at the strength of Jack. Flips Gallagher over, but Jack Gallagher bridges out and delivers a suplex of his own. That is classic Matt wrestling there. Oh, and that's a bit of a good old American style, the elbow. <laughs> oh, but Gallagher there crutching Neville on the top rope. Neville's in low, no man's land, and Gallagher looks like he has some naughty thoughts in his head. And he does, and now they're going up to the second rope. Jack's got a smirk on his face. Oh, no. Oh, but a palm strike there. Gets some separation for Neville, who kicks Gallagher off and decides to go back to terra firma oh, and I fight him in the map. I thought map we were going to... On the map. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a high-risk move there, but Neville just, like I say, cut Jack off. And look at this vicious strikes now. Jack's trying to cross the second turnbuckle and kicks to the back of the head unprotected. Oh, no. Oh, and he gets him in that devastating, what is it, like a rings of Saturn. And, yeah, Gallagher taps, but Neville does not relinquish the move. No, Neville's not happy. I mean, he gets the job done, makes Jack tap out. Oh. Uh, what did you think of the match? I think it was not a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, you know. It's certainly bringing the heel side of Neville out. You know, he's he knows how to win a match now. He's undefeated in the Cruiserweight division still. You know, reigning champion. Is there anyone that can take... Well, Austin Aries is going to try. And he will try at WWE Payback, which, of course, is this Sunday. As everybody listens to the podcast now. We'll see what happens with the future. Like I say, Jack Gallagher, we'll see you on NXT. Not bad main event. What have you thought of the last three 205s, Dan? They've been good. You know, they're, they're certainly getting a bit more entertaining where opponents are getting a feel for each other. You know, the Tozawa-Kendrick storyline's good. You know, it's even though there's, it's gone on for a little while. Yeah. I think you know where they're still developing. It's gonna they're gonna try and leave them in a little feud, and then they've got Swan and Dar in their little feud. Uh, you know, and certainly everyone against Neville, yeah. apart from Perkins, who's yeah. but I, I think the, the the matches show though when they're given time, uh, they 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 perform really well, don't they? We've seen some great matches here on two hundred five this month. As we look forward to seeing more, of course, next month and we move on. So like I say, it's the end of the Network Roundup. And Dan? All the good stuff happens on Talking Smack. Last night on SmackDown's post-show, Baron Corbin went into a rage and attacked Sami Zayn. Yeah, I told Talking Smack is fucking brilliant. 20 minutes, but exactly, this, this happened, yeah. The underdog 
from the underground wasn't the only victim, however, as the Lone Wolf also struck down an official. Yes, and today, SmackDown's commissioner, Sheriff Man, suspended Corbin for his actions, saying it is never acceptable for an athlete in any sport to put their hands on an official. WWE is no exception. If WWE banned their wrestlers every time they touched a referee during the Attitude Era, you would have had no talent. (laughs) What about that match we saw the other day? Two referees went down, a third one come out, and the first one called the finish. Oh, exactly, exactly. After being knocked out twice. (laughs) But Baron Corbin's actions on Talking Smack were irresponsible and unprofessional. He's been fined and suspended for one week, effective immediately, so he should be back. (laughs) just take away for one second the fact that referees get struck (laughs) down in nearly every match ever the suspension to Corbin could allow for WWE to begin the rumoured makeover that is coming his way Baron Corbin's big push is scheduled for later this year and he expects to feud with Randy Orton it is unknown at this time whether or not Orton versus Corbin feud will be for the WWE title as Orton first will be facing Jinder Mahal at Backlash in May so who knows what could happen in that match (laughs) Dan Uh, But a significant win over the 13-time world champion would go a long way towards cementing his status at the top of the card. Our report also noted that there have been talks of changing Corbin's character, possibly with new music, and WWE officials are evaluating other ways they can revamp Corbin's character before his programme with Randy Orton. So are you interested, though, in a Baron Corbin vs. Randy Orton feud, Dan? Well, you know, it's probably going to end up with... Corbin probably putting uh, Corbin probably getting put over by Orton because you know Orton is he's still rising obviously you know he's only ever going to get bigger but he's starting to get a bit older so he's going to want to slow down a bit and not take so much as a responsibility in the company yeah yeah and I, I like Baron Corbin as well you know especially from NXT and that and I think Randy Orton like I say I think it would be a good mesh season three was table for free and this is common bonds and it was AJ Styles Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. Not a bad fucking... Yeah, that's... uh, That sounds very good. Nash Styles and HBK. Nash says Styles is a friend. And HBK and AJ Styles only met two months ago. It's incredible to think that, Dan, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, especially legends. This is obviously filmed before WrestleMania because AJ is talking about his WrestleMania plans. Uh, HBK agrees and says... Oh, sorry. AJ said that he didn't have any time to enjoy WrestleMania. What happens is you go into it, you know, there's a big event, and then all of a sudden, next night on Raw, bang, you start the next year. Vincent Mann said to AJ, it's all about next year's WrestleMania now. And Shawn Michaels agreed with that, and he said it's good to have time off now so we can look back, because McMahon always said to him that um, he would tell him it was okay and just move on to the next show, you know. And then we Styles asked Shawn Michaels if he's working at the Performance Centre, and Shawn Michaels says he is a volunteer there down at NXT training the young guys. So then the next question was it was even better. Sean's looking a bit old. Nash is looking in quite good shape. Yeah, Nash does look quite well, yeah. He's embraced the silver fox quite well. So AJ says to Sean Michaels, Were you you know, are you itching to get back in and what what did Sean say, you know? Well Sean Michaels he, you know, he thanks AJ for keeping his name out there, thinking of him and he says, you know, he looks at wrestlers that come in and thinks, you know, I could the matches I could have with you, you look good. Yeah. The matches that we could have together and I don't know, he's, he just looks at 
different people and thinks that. <laughs> exactly. And Sean said that there's never been a point in time apart from maybe this year where it really got to a stage where he did think that he wanted to get in the ring with AJ. AJ put the poster off of him and Sean face-to-face at the Royal Rumble. And there was a lot of talk going into that as well. Yeah. Uh, and then Kevin Nash quite funnily says uh, that he knows AJ was good because he carried him for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that fascinating? It's fascinating for me to actually them sitting down, an artist explaining oh. a painting, uh, talking about the way wrestling works. You know, with Nash, he was involved. You know, was- yeah, he's he's fought both men, and both times he comments on how well they told the story. AJ was saying that you know, I was telling the story of chopping the big tree down, yeah. working him down, and you know, and he, AJ even went on to say, you know, it, even. I probably didn't think he was going to be that good, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. exceeded my expectations yeah. of you. And that took place, you know, like I say, TNA at the time. And, you know, I can't help saying you know now. You know. You know? Uh, and, and Michael's saying we're the little guys, so we should be doing most of the running around as well. Trink is mad that they can still reference matches that they've had in other promotions. Oh, no, yeah, no, I, lo- I love the fact that they do that. Especially with Nash, he always, uh, you know, wink. Hang on a minute, I'm just gonna put because what's amazing is talk about oh who would win the matchup you know and, and and that's that's interesting enough but Michaels is giving reasons why he shouldn't wrestle AJ Styles you know saying he couldn't hang not he couldn't hang with Styles but like couldn't get up to that level you know and he would have to really go for it and Styles saying well you had that match with Undertaker at WrestleMania why would you want to ruin that for so yeah. it's really interesting they're both yeah. trying to play it down yeah they're trying to throw you off a scent of the match ever happening yeah. Michael still looks in good shape, though. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's talked about his start. We've seen this. Yeah, with a barber shop. Michael's put Mike Jannetty's head through. Heartbreaking. <laughs> Heartbreaking. What is... Slap across Taker's face. Quite. Put everything into that tombstone. <laughs> Perhaps teasing us with a, with a match that could happen, you know, but... And just rounding up, really, they were talking about... Because, um, of course, the Bullet Club used the... Click. Too sweet. Too sweet, isn't it? Yeah. And did NWO use that as well? Oh, like NWO, they probably made it famous in WWE. And, you know, for the club to go on, they didn't mind them using the too sweet. It was all for it. They knew what it signified and more happy that they was being remembered like that. Yeah, exactly. And they said it, the reason they did it for was because they were a group of friends, weren't they? And uh, the same with the club as well. They were over in Japan. They formed the, the, the clique, as it was, or the, the crew they had together. They're still friends now, and that's what it was about. Uh, but it was a good programme, though, wasn't it? You know? It was, yeah, you know, to see two Hall of Famers and a definite future Hall of Fame just for the past last year he's had on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah honestly, it's... Uh, but I really enjoyed uh, Table 3, and we keep doing stuff like that. I'll keep watching. So we get a list now of stuff coming up on the WWE Network on the past week. The Miserary celebrated the head to Hollywood while Lisa, Alexa Bliss and Carmella coast through SoCal en route to SmackDown Live. That is the programme Ride Long that is on after Monday Night Raw. We're going to focus on the next episode of Ride Long, which is the, uh, the Cruiserweights. Ride Along, of course, is April 17th. Yeah. Do you want me to read the notes that I got? So we started off with, like you say, Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick travelling and Rich Swan and TJ Perkins travelling. We had Swan scatting, but Jack Gallagher was in character. That's what we were saying, weren't it? Yeah. It, it ruins it because he's in character, which takes away from it. He's talking about Python. He did lots of talking, didn't he? Well, he was talking about coffee for ages. Like, you know, the way 
how Americans love their coffee. It's not so much known in England, but it's taken over from tea as the popular drink in England. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, just okay, talking yeah. like gentleman Jack Gallagher would, not Jack Gallagher, the bloke who's getting a lift from Kendrick. <laughs> uh, Swan had a lot of Vader, uh, did his Vader impression, didn't he? That was good. That was a very good yeah. impression, yeah. Uh, per- like we say, Perkins and Swan, very real. Uh, they faced each other in the CW3 as well, which is one of the Well, it seemed, it seemed more real. Well, Jack can't drive. That's another thing. Yeah. Brian said he had a dog called Mel, but he actually had no dog. Well, no, it was it was kind of a ruse because he said, yeah, if you have a look in the back for a photo, and, you know, Jack Gallagher leaned his chair all the way back, being all <laughs> British and in character-like, and, you know, he went looking for a photo, and I think it was just to try and shut him up for oh, a, a little uh, while. Yeah, because yeah. That's what people do to me, you know, so that's they what do, I did. They, yeah. <laughs> they try and look at their phone. Yeah, I know, put yeah. earphones in. So anyway, he went past W headquarters. Brian Kendrick wasn't left in, wasn't let in the building, was he? No, he wasn't let in the building, but because they thought he was a fan. Yeah. And there was a magazine on the desk and he opened it and pointed to himself and he was let in and he said that's probably his only case of not knowing who he was. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Swan did an Austin impression as well. So he did Vader and Steve Austin. Yeah, you know, he's he's quite good at his impressions. He's trying to rip us off, I think. Yeah, well, Swan also did talk about ripping us off. Uh, no Amdar impressions with Alicia Fox. Well, I think he held a very impressive Fox. And James, <laughs> if you'd like to demonstrate how long Alicia Fox... Oh, he did goes. it longer because he nearly crashed the car. But it's like, Alicia Fox! If I do it too long, I'm going to lose my voice, aren't I? Ah, that's the whole point of it oh, right. okay, I'll stop that. so then talk about ripping us off we talk about what type of music Brian Kendrick likes which is heavy metal Jack Gallagher put on this song he's a man such a man such a Which, if anybody doesn't know, is one of them um, that me and Dan listen to all the time. I mean, what did you think of that? It was quite funny, though, wasn't it? it? It was quite a comical moment, the way that Jack Gallagher, he's obviously idolising another British wrestler. And, yeah, who else but the man's man? <laughs> yeah. So we thought if it was going well, unfortunately they stopped to take a piss, as they said. Uh, as Kendrick's to take a piss, he and Jack got out. Kendrick got back in, threw his umbrella at Jack, <laughs> inadvertently hitting him in the face. I'm not sure if that was meant to be <laughs> the same kind of thing or if he was just supposed to strike him gently, but drove off and Jack thought he was going to be mucking about, but he didn't actually turn around and go back. No, he didn't. He didn't. He had Perkins and uh, Rich Swan come to pick well, him up. What Kendrick did was phone his missus and <laughs> tell him what a jackass Jack is when he was driving with Jack, him. Jackass, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, but like we say, Perkins and Swan picked him up and it took him to the arena where Swan was very happy. But I mean, like I say, it was, it was quite a funny program. I mean, it's only like 16 minutes long, isn't well, it? Well, there was so. a couple of laughable moments. I'd rather have seen Gallagher and Kendrick out of character, yeah. you know. that's. I think that should be the whole point of these shows, travelling to, like, you know, matches with one another. And Perkins saying, like, you know, when he started out, he was travelling in a truck that was transporting the yeah, ring and he'd get yeah. sleep during that amongst a pile of turnbuckles. Yeah. So, you know, it's 
No, it's true. You know, and you know, like I say, we want to know more about uh, these guys as well because we're such a big fan of the cruise weights and, you know, 205 Live. Uh, and it's interesting because we've seen 205 Live, we've seen Jack Gallagher in the main event of that. We've now watched uh, Ride Along, which featured Jack Gallagher. And now we go to NXT, and the main event is going to be Tyler Bate versus Jack Gallagher. <laughs> Jack so Gallagher special. <laughs> it is. It is the Jack Gallagher episode. We've seen this is going to be our second match. Yeah, it's going to be our second match with uh, Jack Gallagher in. NXT will air, and here's the synopsis for the show, Dan. Would you want to read that? Go on. I'll let you read it. The new era arrives at the Full Sail University as Drew McIntyre makes his NXT in-ring debut. I didn't know he was signing. Drew McIntyre! (laughs) But also, Nakamura bids farewell to the NXT universe and thanks them for his time there. Yeah, and it's going to be emotion, isn't it? Because we've been on an emotional ride. We've been on a ride with Nakamura. Yes, so it is NXT Update. And Dan, when does NXT Update start? Now! So we go to our first NXT episode we're going to watch, episode 387 from April 12th. We start off with the gothic enigma Alistair Black. He made his awe-inspiring entrance Wednesday night, captivating the NXT faithful. Corey Hollis found out the hard way just how explosive Black can be when antagonised. Hollis charged at Black and found himself on the receiving end of a Black Mass kick. Three seconds later... Black had scored the second victory of his NXT. For the Black Mass putting Sienna away then tonight, putting away Corey Hollis. Are you impressed with what you've seen of Alistair Black? Dan? Well, they're certainly building him up to be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> he starts off with his hands behind his back, just drawing in his opponent, Hollis, and yeah, gets caught with a kick. Three seconds. It's got to be one of the quickest victories. On NXT. Yeah. And devastating, you know. You talk about what we're going to see tonight as well. And they need new faces for NXT. Alistair Black, very impressive there. Our next match is DIY, of course, failing in their attempts to win the NXT title at TakeOver against the Revival and Authors of Pain. But tonight we're going to go to new team of Dylan Miley and Michael Blase, is what I'm going to call him. <laughs> um, are these local competitors or are these actually new NXT wrestlers i think they might be let's have a look at the match so dylan miley is the big fella Aye, big fella and he's going out there against thomas chumper goes for the friendly handshake but dylan just holds on to his hand chumper gets in, in a side headlock oh and chumper gonna go for a snap there oh but gets picked up by miley and thrown into the ropes dylan going for the clothesline oh my god well, Chomper goes to try and close side him, but Dylan just runs straight through it and then gets caught with a big one of his own. And yeah, Chomper's in trouble. He is the shoulder block, and now he's got him up. Fucking hell! Oh, but Chomper there with the backslide, managing to get to Gagano for the tag. Yeah, not after Dylan had him up in that gorilla press slam. What seemed like ten seconds. Gagano tags himself in, but gets caught, and now Dylan's got him up. Delayed and... suplex. <laughs> yeah, delayed vertical suplex here. He's had him up for about ten seconds. All the blood is rushing to Gagano's head. Oh, my God. You can see that. Legs going limp. Oh, and... no. Manager's holding him up. He's got his hand on his ping-ping. Oh, my God. Look at that power there. <laughs> Forget about the hand on the penis, Dan. For God's sake. Look at that raw power of Dylan Miley there. 
bringing Gagane down. I do hope this Enzo Amore looking cunt ain't an Enzo Amore. No, well, it's like Seth Rollins and Enzo Amore in a uh, With blender. A bit of Matt Hardy thrown in. What can Mike do here? Does look like say. a. It does look like a local competitor. I'm not going to lie to you. But they are certainly putting up one hell of a fight against DIY. I don't know if it's just for their hometown fans. Well, <laughs> I think Dylan had a little bit more success than Michael's having. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. That neck breaker there by Gagano on Michael. And Gagano doesn't want anything to do with Dylan. That's fair enough. Jumper with a big knee knocking Dylan off the eight for the now. Situation for DIY. Ooh. That huge double team super kick. Yes. That's the victory over local competitors. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Dylan uh, Dylan Miley was quite impressive in that one, though. He was, yes. You know, he seemed like a monster. He, uh, When he had his time in the ring, he looked like someone that could rival Authors of Pain. Yeah. But his partner just screwed that for him by looking <laughs> like Enzo Amore. So we'll see what happens with DIY then. A very impressive victory for them here tonight, like you say, against local competitor. But I don't think Dylan Miley is very happy. It's Michael Blaze. Michael Blaze. Oh, they got a chant as well. Delete chant. Well, if he can't beat DIY, he might as well beat someone, and <laughs> Dylan Miley is going to beat Michael Blaze. Oh. Is that a choke, ha- choke slam? I'm just picking up by his head. <laughs> it's a head wow. slam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's got him up now. Big backbreaker. And, uh, yeah. Local competitor, big fella, beat local competitor, little fella that looks like Enzo. Well, but I think Dylan Miley's going to be more than a local competitor. I mean, that display there, the way he dominated DIY, I think we're going to see a lot more of this big man on NXT as we move along. And will he find someone he can team with? Yeah. No, I would not just have him singles, would it? How, how many monsters? How many single monsters have they got in NXT at the moment? Yeah, that's true. Exactly. You need to build up. You need to build up, bruv. So next match is Ruby Riot versus Kimberly Frankel. A woman she has a history with dating back to their days in independence. I'll tell you what, both of these women's got tats. They got a couple of nice pairs. No, 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 no. Tats on their arms and oh, ink, ink, if you would. Yes. As the bell rings. Oh. And like you said, Dan, to me, so, so you nailed it when you said it. These two have had rivalries in the past on the independence. Grabbing hold of Ruby and throwing her into the other turnbuckle. She seemed as like scary and as demonic as Nikki Cross. What Kimberly? And speaking of Nikki Cross, and there's Nikki, and she is not happy. She is certainly cross. And she had sunglasses on, so no one could recognise her, even though she was wearing her sanity jacket. And will she that snuck through the crowd? Will that put Ruby off? Oh. I think I've just answered my own question there, Dan. But Kim yeah. goes for the cover, but Riot manages to kick out. Ah, so it did cause a distraction, like we say. Kim managing to put Ruby down. And, of course, with Nikki looking on, we kind of got a new direction for the uh, women's division here. Three new faces. 50 chops there by Ruby in the corner, fighting out from Kim, who looked like she was in control. Oh, but Ruby there with a big flurry of offense, and she's just taking her opponent down. She is. Dropkick included there by Ruby. Very impressive. Uh, oh, Ruby there with a double knees back of her head into the turnbuckle. Free. And now she's going to hit the big kick. Oh, my Fucking God. Hell. Nearly knocked her head off. It did knock her head off, didn't it? Oh, my the God. Cover. You That's can free. count to 100 there. Ruby Riot sending Frankie. Frankie? <laughs> well, sending Nikki Cross. 
a message. Yeah, well, Nikki Cross is walking away, Dan. You are correct about that. Ruby, what did you think of her performance here tonight in this match? Well, you know, the only time her opponent got any offence in was when Nikki Cross distracted her momentarily, but Ruby Wright still managed to come back with a victory. Do you think it's the right name for her? I find it difficult to pronounce. I don't know about you. Ruby Wyatt? Yeah. <laughs> it is a bit of a tongue twister. But are you impressed? Do you think she will? Well, you know, she certainly has potential there. If they can use it correctly, then maybe it'll go well for her. We are the only Lorcan podcast. We are we only, I tell you. Only, only. He's becoming WNR's one of his new favourites. We've seen a lot of his matches. Tonight he will be in action. Looking ready to p- compete. Of course, 205 and NXT's only. There's see McIntyre's entrance. Martin Broken Dreams. Make them come through. Make them come through. And his opponent. From Air Scotland, weighing in at 254 pounds, Drew McIntyre. Well, James, your dreams certainly have come true. Ah, I like it. So, yes, we welcome the franchise player to NXT. Has made his debut here three years away, like we say. The former chosen one, the Intercontinental Champion, is now back here to prove that NXT is his kingdom. So why are you so hot on Drew McIntyre? What do you mean? What, 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 Drew McIntyre is a star. For anybody who's never seen him before, anybody who doesn't know what he can do, first off, look at him. You know, six foot six, 254 pounds. He is ripped and chiseled and jacked. He looks like a star. He's gone away from the WWE after being mistreated and built throughout a hole in Europe, in America. So what did Japan, he do? What did he do when he wasn't with WWE? He did, he do, every, did he do any independent? He circuits? won every single championship there is to was win. Was there any local? There was, there was circuits? E- he was everywhere. We saw him at Rev Pro, of course, where we we met him as well. And look at him now with Oni. Look at that overhead German suplex. Of course, anybody familiar with McIntyre's style before, it's completely changed now. With only Lorcan, he, he is also a cruiserweight. Well, no, not a cruiserweight, is it? I mean, yes. 205 but, Live, cruiserweight. But we've seen him give good matches to people like CN and have good matches against other people as well. So we know how good only Lorcan is. But I'm just saying, don't forget he's wrestling outside of his weight class. Well, you know, Drew, he's, he's, he's wrestling outside his bracket here because he's not in Drew McIntyre's class. We, we know that much here. Drew McIntyre is the future... Well, the McIntyre that's not on Only Lorkin's class has just been knocked out of the Only Lorkin, and he also attacks him with a lovely manoeuvre there, flipping over the top rope, taking the Scottish man down. I'm saying, Only's, only's impressive. Yeah. Now he's but going you'll be up ca- top. You'll be calling him British when he becomes the first British. Oh, my oh. God. Went off the top, and McIntyre's power catches him. Oh, It's <laughs> turned inside out by Drew. Sorry, Dan, you were saying? You well, were Drew McIntyre's throwing him around like he's a cruiserweight. Well, he is. And look how in control. Look at the smirk on his face as we go to an ad break. Oh, Bobby <laughs> oh, For fuck's sake. So, Bobby Root. Oh, my, I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, God. We're back after the break. And now, Drew, 
beautiful overhead belly to belly suplex. Only no fighting back, and he's only got one chance in this match against Drew McIntyre. Takes McIntyre down, goes for the cover. Oh, he got him. Oh, very innovative neck break there. It was down and a kick out. Oh. McIntyre, though, like we say, it's so tough. I mean, yes, only bigging him down a little bit, but I think we all know who's going to win this. McIntyre's a jabroni. Drew McIntyre, don't you start that. <laughs> Oh, look at that. McIntyre, the headbutt off. Oh, but only, though, stopping McIntyre, cutting him off. Oh, my God. Now, Larkin's got him tied up in a tree of woe. McIntyre's in all sorts of trouble here. We've seen how dangerous only can be. Oh, but look at McIntyre. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, I'm sure you did. The power of McIntyre, the speed and strength to manage to... Well, he managed to sit up and then <laughs> toss only off by his head. I would toss my second turn back all... My God, the power there. Only's in trouble. Oh, oh but Lorcan responds with a couple of slaps. I think he's just angering <laughs> Drew. I mean, I like, this is what his dad must have done to him on a daily occasion, being I, Scottish. I know, but I like only the way he wrestles. Oh, tries a big boot, gets caught in the back elbow. What do you call this, Dan? <laughs> Face buster Alabama slam. Oh, fucking hell. I think the fans, I think the fans like it. Don't tell me Drew's tuning up the band. He is tuning up the band. Big boot. Oh, my God. Turns Lorcan inside out. One, two, three. And he's busted only, only open in the course of that match. My God. Impressive much. Mm. Drew McIntyre. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is what this guy is all about. That's why I love him so much. Dan, what do you think? He's not bad for a British wrestler, is he? We'll see. We'll see what else he can deliver. I mean, you know, he got took to the limit by He didn't get took to the limit. He absolutely destroyed only Lorcan. Look at that. Every time only was in control, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre managed to cut it off, catching him in a few massive power moves as well. So impressive there by Drew McIntyre. Like we say, the future looks bright for Drew McIntyre as he takes a microphone now. So he could get raw. He could put a smack down <laughs> on people. But he wants to be right here in NXT. That's what Drew McIntyre is all about. What a moment. We see the arrival of Drew McIntyre here. But up next, Dan, it's going to be quite upsetting because we've got to say goodbye to one of the guys who is been NXT now for the past couple of years, haven't we, Dan? One of the most impressive entrances I've seen. Wrestles out of his skin every time, even when he's injured. And, you know, lucky to come unstuck by Bobby Roode twice. But do you want to see Shinsuke... Fucking Nakamura's entrance one last time in NXT, Dan. James, do you even have to ask that question? Let's watch it and let's say goodbye. Nakamura his last time here in NXT Dan and we're going to hear what he has to say but what do you think of the impact Nakamura's had on just your life Dan? It's had an immense impact on my life and the crowd says it all you know just chanting his name he's been enigmatic throughout his whole entire NXT career he's not had a perfect run like Oscar but you know he's 
he's been just as pivotal as she has when she started her meteoric yeah. And I, I've got to be honest with you, it's kind of changed my perception of Japanese wrestlers in WWE, but we'll have what he says. One year ago, I came to NXT. I already had experience. I was already champion in Japan. But I came to challenge myself to compete the best in the world. One year later, I call NXT my home. I learned a lot of things from the NXT superstars, the NXT coaches, and from you. One thing I found very quickly, you, 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 the NXT universe is crazy. She's crying. Oh. The amount of respect this man has from the locker room for every competitor to come out and say goodbye. The legend that is Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. Yeah, and he fucking deserves it as well, like we say. Dan, what do you think of that farewell speech? It's a great one. You know, it's it's a great relief to go, know he's not going too far from the network, shall we say. Yeah. And we can continue watching him and his... Obviously, meteoric rise through NXT. Yes. And, you know, hopefully he can bring a better flavour to WWE. Exactly. And he brings SmackDown a superstar, doesn't it? And let's hope they don't mistreat Shinsuke fucking Nakamura. So but- Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles on the same program. Yes. Well, sorry. And Randy Orton. Yeah. Well, on the same yeah. programme. Right, all on the same programme. But we've got Drew McIntyre here in NXT. Yes, we lost N- Nakamura. But we've got Drew McIntyre. But as again, another guy we're losing. We found out the main event for next week's show is going to be Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young in a steel cage match. So we said our goodbyes to Nakamura. Dan, do you want to watch that episode now? I absolutely do. Right, let's watch it. Say goodbye, Nakamura. Goodbye, Nakamura. NXT, episode 388, April 19th. Tell me.
So, Dan, what did you think of those opening titles and music? They're certainly livening it up a bit. I mean, they've obviously had to change the entrance, like, you know, the opening themes because, you know, wrestlers have come, wrestlers have gone. So, you know, no Drew McIntyre yet. NXT champion kicked off this week's show with an in-ring promo addressing the fans inside Full Sail University. But I get one a month, and here is my one now. Look at that, Dan. That is the man. That is Mr. NXT there. New NXT gold around his waist. You know why? Because he's... Glorious. No, I will give in. I will give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. And I'll do what I must. No, I will give in. I will give in. Oh, so glorious. Until the end. Everything is all right in the world because we got Bobby Roode. Not just because it's round his waist, but I'm actually not that keen on that title. Yeah. It's growing less and less on me. Roode. There is no one left to challenge him, Dan. He's beaten them all. Well, it's not hard to be the top guy when the next biggest fish is some Scottish man, is it really? Oh, so you agree Drew McIntyre is second in command only to... You, you, you agree with me that I picked the two... Well, it's got to go that way now, isn't in NXT. it? Huh? Well, no, it's just got to go that way now, isn't it? Well, exactly. exactly. Thank As I, you said, everyone's left. I called... Bobby Roode is here. He stated that neither the fans nor anyone in the NXT locker room deserve to be the champion. I'm sure you'd disagree with that, but I'm not going to go there just yet. And then he not so subtly suggested everyone got on board with him as the top dog or suffer a fate similar to that of Shinsuke Nakamura. Exactly, because Nakamura thought he could beat Rude and then Rude got the job done twice and Nakamura is yes, no longer... Yes, we know what happened. And Nakamura is no longer in NXT because of this. Does anybody else want to suffer a similar fate? So let me make this perfectly clear. None of you people in this arena deserve to be in my NXT. None of those people standing on that stage last week deserve, or a matter of fact, belong in my NXT. So from this moment on, you have two choices. You can choose to jump on board and be a part of Bobby Roode's NXT. Or you can hit the bricks just like Shinsuke Nakamura did. Well, from one Asian man to another, it's Hideo Itami. Well, what's, what's Itami doing? We weren't talking about you, we were talking about Nakamura. Maybe you got confused. What, what is Itami doing, wasting Bobby Roode's time? <laughs> Look at Bobby. Look at that swagger. Looking at Itami, he's... I'd rather look oh! at Jack Swagger. <laughs> and he's just slapped the taste out of Bobby Roode's mouth. What? How do you like that, stepping up to Itami? You're going to pay now, Bobby Roode. You don't slap the champion to get away with it. You're going to pay, you're going to pay. 
Bobby Roode likes it. There we go, smirking. No, he's not. He's just got a grin on his fucking muggy mouth. Fans chanting one more time, but if he tries to lift his hand again, he's going to get hurt. Oh, now Tommy's called for it now. He's in trouble. If Roode is taking off his jacket, uh-oh. Well, he's going to get beaten without his jacket, isn't he? The glorious champion is here in the ring, and he's taking off his custom-made suit. Well, Itami managed to slap the champ with his suit still intact. Rude has to roll his sleeves up so he can get better leverage on a slap because he knows Dad, he can't do Rude it. Rude is just about to put a beating on Hideo Tamu. You deserve it. You don't come out here. You do not disrespect the champion. You've made Rude furious. TKO. Uh oh. Boom. Oh. GTS. Uh oh. Bobby Rude is snoring. Well. All right. Cheap shot by Hideo Itami there. Bobby Roode wasn't ready, and you hit him with a GTS. He wasn't ready. He had taken his suit jacket and he's rolled his sleeves up <laughs> no. to be not ready. Blindsided again, Bobby Roode. while still wearing a suit, and he's kept it nice and... St- he's not crinkled up. Didn't even ruffle his suit. Not even broken a sweat. Roode is down. <laughs> Itami, you've made a big mistake, sunshine. You do not slap Bobby Roode in the face. And Bobby Roode made a big mistake. You do not take your jacket off and roll your sleeves up to Hideo Itami because, look, pow, that is what happens, James. <laughs> Wait, that look is it. what you do Uh-oh. to Roode. It's his title now. Look, Roode's still snoring. Well, Itami, you're not going to get an NXT title match. You've been away for so long. You come back, you assault the champion. You should be taken away by police, mate, not by anything else. You should not be rewarded. I want to see what general manager William Regal says about this as well. It's disgusting, Dan. What do you think of it? I think it's glorious. <laughs> Veteran Englishman Danny Birch returned to the NXT arena Wednesday night, squaring off with the underrated Andrade Cien Almas. Birch proved double tough, cutting Almas's offence off on several occasions. Despite being in the best shape of his career, he was unable to seize control and put the Mexican competitor away. Cien exploded into Birch with his running double knees and finished him off with his trademark hammerlock DDT for the pinfall victory. Yeah, so Cien finally getting a victory. 3-11, boy. Yeah. Finally. finally beating Danny Birch. Up next, we had uh, Numpf or Liar, and Liv Morgan versus Peyton Royce and Billy Kane, the iconic duo, used their size and strength advantage to wear down the opposition. First, they isolated Morgan, and when the New Jerseyan was able to make the hot tag to Numpf, they weathered the storm and grounded the Toronto native. Later in the match, Morgan made the save for her partner, drop-kicking Kay. It provided a distraction that allowed Aaliyah to score the upset pinfall victory, much to the dismay of the spoiled brat here. Yeah, they, pulled, they, they actually had a proper hissy fit. And, uh, but at least Numpf gets a victory on NXT, which is great. And before the main event, before we get there at Young Ty Dillinger's still cage, we find out next week we have two huge matches. Firstly, the chosen one, Drew McIntyre versus CN and Dan. Uh, and we have a WWE UK title dream match. Tyler Bate versus Jack Gallagher. Yeah, that's going to be unbelievable. We want to see these two square off. We are. We've already seen Jackie Boy in 205. Let's hope he can be successful in NXT. But it is main event time, and it is Ty Dillinger's last entrance as well. So can Ty finish off this feud with Eric Young with a victory? Well, at least Sanity can't get involved and sway the match one way or another. Remember when he came in at number 10 in the Royal Rumble and I called it? Remember when I picked him? When we first started doing this podcast, I said, Ty Dillinger, you went, fuck off, James, he ain't going to do it. I said, this man, Ty Dillinger, will be a star 
He is now one of the big mid-carders on SmackDown as well. <coughs> so much history with a perfect 10. Ty Dillinger. Didn't quite reach the top of his pinnacle though, did he? If he had stayed in NXT, he would be champion by the end of the year. Beating Bobby Roode. Yeah, without doubt. Should have done it at TakeOver. A year later, a year on. But he didn't. They hot shot it, brought him up to the main roster because the gimmick's over, you know? It's just a fun character, isn't he? For a cage match in my mind. <laughs> you sound like Nigel McGuinness. It is ominous cage music. It is ominous entrance time. Yeah, sanity always takes 20 minutes to get to the fucking ring. Uh, yes, they are a bit of a long entrance kind of clan. <laughs> yes, but we saw Ty Dillinger's entrance and the fans really love and respect Ty Dillinger, don't they? Uh, he, he's certainly over and moving him to the blue brand is going to be a big step in the right direction for yeah. Ty Dillinger. And if memory serves me right, I think this is the only, uh, I think this is the third cage match in NXT history. Because I think Samoa Joe and Balor, uh, yeah, Joe and Balor had a cage match. And of course, Joe and Nakamura recently had a cage match. I mean, there's not many times we see this, is there, really? No, you know, it's a good environment, especially for this kind of feud. You know, Ty Dillinger wants a one-on-one with Eric Young and he's not going to get that. If sanity, he have access to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and uh, but uh, even as a gimmick match in NXT, because we don't see a whole lot of them. When we do get one, it seems more special, doesn't it? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, it's a cage match, fucking hell! And straight away, Eric Young going to meet Ty Dillinger. Dillinger's the one that's closing the cage. Like well, he, a bit of an undertaker. He wants this match started. Well, he wants to get rid of Eric Young, doesn't he? You know, like the Reaper of Souls would do. Eric Young's been tormenting Ty Dillinger now the past few months. Finally, one-on-one, though, after all these takeover defeats for Ty Dillinger. Can he do it tonight, Dan? Well, can he overcome the leader of Sanity and, you know, prove why he didn't join him in the first place? Yeah, exactly. You know, and Eric Young, he needs an impressive performance as well. This is uh, only, you know, he doesn't have many single matches in NXT as well as he gets a big back body drop. I mean, how high was he there? He was at least 20 foot in the air. I mean, he could have thrown him out of the cage. He was literally higher than the cage at that point with that backdrop and knee pad exposed. going to go for the tiebreaker. Trying to finish him early on. Oh, but look at Eric Young, though. Like, fingers right in the eye of Ty. Of course, no disqualifications. Any means necessary to get out of it, isn't it? The eye of Ty. And Eric Young there, throwing him into the cage, trying to injure Ty Dillinger. And this cage looks a bit more rigid than the yeah. cages of the past. I was going to say, it's sturdy, you know. I mean, Ty versus cage. I'm back in cage in this one. Yes, indeed. Ty Dillinger threw him like he was a javelin, and the cage was the javelin catcher. Eric Young just thrown Ty Dillinger into the cage, He's taken over, and now he's asking for the door to be opened. This could be it. You could possibly stand on top of that if you wanted to. Well, beforehand, it was kind of like a tube section, like, grid thing. It was like a ladder on top, wasn't it? But yeah, now it's yeah. this is more of a platform. <laughs> is this going to be a platform for either man to win here tonight? Look at that. Eric Young with a dragon sleeper. In the corner, lifting him up on the second rope. Jumping off and dropping the elbow to the back of Dillinger's head. Goes for the cover. He was going to get it. Oh, kick out. Uh. Have you been impressed with Eric Young? I mean, what does Eric Young need to do in your eyes? I don't know. He's kind of started off like the Wyatts did in WWE, you know. Not really overly successful, you know. But then Bray Wyatt has gone on to bigger and better things. So the future could be bright for Sonny. Eric Young, though, right back up there. Trying to get Ty Dillinger down. And they're very high up there, but Ty wins that duel with a headbutt. Oh, but Eric Young's back on him like a pit bull. 
And he's going to go... Matt Lowe for a powerbomb, yeah. but Ty Dillinger's turning it into a perfect 10 punches to the head. Oh, wait, he hit the third one, but... Oh! Eric Young with a powerbomb goes for the cover. He's got it! Oh, Kick out. Uh-huh. And Dylan just stays in this matchup for now. Well, we, you don't want to leave, do you, on the, the losing end of things? Indeed, you don't. The door is open. Eric Young maybe could have gone out there. No, he didn't. No, he couldn't. He didn't let me finish. He could have gone out there, but he chose not to and rather attack Ty Dillinger. And now he's climbing over the top instead, even though he had an easier exit. And Ty Dillinger now grabs hold of the leg. He's going to make Eric Young pay. He's on top. He's going to pay. Oh, throws Eric Young off top. He did pay. He did pay. Oh, and Ty Dillinger building some momentum and throwing Eric Young into the side of the cage. I mean, Ty's been on it since... Two. Is he going to go for a perfect 10 throws into the cage? <laughs> Knowing Ty, he could. 10. No. Young's trapped him. No man's land there between the cage and the ring ropes. And there you say Ty is stomping the mud oh, and he's walking it dry. This is the build-out. That's one of his signatures now. And he's filled with momentum. Oh! Fucking hell. Super kick there. And Eric Young's head going, oh, there's blood. Oh, well, Eric Young is busted wide open. I like to see an XT getting a bit gritty. Yeah, that's nice. Like and a Ty, bit of blood. And Ty Dillinger as well showed a bit more aggressive streak to him, which is which can only be a good thing as he goes up now. And this is just on a house show. Yeah, this is just oh, this is a, yeah normal episode of NXT. This is what we can enjoy every week here on the WWE Network. Come with us. And a bloody and beating Eric Young now on top with Ty. You feel whoever's going to win this exchange could go on and win the match. Well, they certainly have the upper hand. Exactly, and now Eric Young winning this duel going over the top now. Oh, Young's perched on top. He only needs to drop down the other side. But he can't because Ty's got a hold of that hair, stopping him with the punches. Oh, if he punches Young off, then (laughs) Young's still going to win and he might get caught by his sanity members. Oh, no. Ty's head gets rammed into that steel cage and he falls hard to the canvas. Oh, my God. Is Eric Young going to go off top? Oh, my God. (laughs) Drops that big elbow from the top of the cage. That must be at least 50 feet in the air, James. Uh, Fair play to Eric Young. I mean, you wouldn't really expect him to take a bum like that. Well, after he's been busted open, he goes for the big elbow off the top of the cage. Fair play. Climb down the other side. He could have done, but instead wanted to punish Ty. And this is going to be it, surely. Don't call me Shirley. Two. Oh, but Ty Dillinger managing to kick out. Uh, You're surprising. Your uh, says it all, James. Honestly, could believe it. We see a replay like it's a beautiful dive Boom. off the top. The hang time. Fucking hell! Like you said, at least seventy-five feet there. The life of Ty goes on, he and he grabs Eric Young's foot. But it's this one act of desperation as we see Eric Young, of course, smirking. No, he's not. He's just got a grin on his face. <sighs> and he's busted open face. But look at that um, maniacal look on Eric Young's face now as he's going to put Ty Dillinger away. But Ty's slipping his knee pad down. Is he playing a bit of possum? He might be, but there's no sanity members there. Oh, my word. Picks up Eric Young. Oh, tiebreaker. I did not see that coming. I did. <laughs> Uh, a tiebreaker out of nowhere there. No, no, no. He was just playing possum. Ty Dillinger. Last act of desperation. Hitting the tiebreaker. Can't capitalise on it, but gets Eric Young away for at least a few seconds. 
The busted open Eric Young that's flown off the top of a cage at least 100 foot in the air. But can Ty escape? The door is open for him to get out. Dillinger's uh, mere inches away, but Nicky Cross jumps on the back of the referee, making him angry. Uh-oh. And now the rest of Sanity, Killian Dane and Alexander Wolfe. Closing the cage door in Ty Dillinger's face yeah, and then locking it up again. Staring at him and smiling. Here comes Cassis Ono and Roderick Strong to even the numbers. Well, taking out the members of Sanity. This feud's been going on as Wolf is climbing a cage. Oh, oh, but Killian Dane comes down and takes out three members there. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that's yeah, both the faces coming down and the referee. And now Killian Dane is climbing this, still, this structure. He's not, is he? Oh, oh Ty Dillinger shoulder barges the cage, though, sending Killian Dane off and crashing to the mat below. And yeah. they're at least an inch thick. Yeah, but wait, Eric Young's there. You've got to be careful of him. Oh, Ty. Oh, up the other side of the ring. Ty Dillinger, Irish whips Eric Young into the cage. Ty had Eric Young scattered that time. And now Ty. Well, would it be wise for Ty to climb over with the members of Sanity there? Well, at the moment, he's trying to climb. And like I say, Wolf stopping him. And now Dane just stepping in the ring. It's going to help Eric Young out. What's Dillinger doing? <laughs> oh, big crossbody off the top. Takes out Young. And Ty going crazy. Yeah, he's my boy. He's my man. He, he, he joined a boy. He's leaving NXT a man, Dan. I tell you, what a move. High cross body. Well, will he be leaving the cage? You said will he. And he's climbing that door. Wolf climbing in. And yeah. Ty has escaped the cage. <laughs> Shut the door. Lock him in. That's it. Ty Dillinger wins. He beats not only Eric Young, but Wolf and Dane as well. And I don't even know what happened to Nikki Cross, but I, I, she got a bit angry. I don't know where she went, but yeah, Ty Dillinger gets the victory and ends the story with Sanity, his own man, and he moves to SmackDown. Dan, what did you think of the match? I like the way it tied up, you know, a good storyline between the two. It's been going on for a while now. They've had multiple, multiple tag team matches. And, you know, he's going to go out and leave NXT on a high as a cunt in 10. We say goodbye to Ty Dillinger. We say goodbye to Nakamura. We say goodbye to Ty Dillinger. But like I say, we move on with NXT update. I reckon that is up there with, you know, not just for the match itself, which was good. You know, there was a bit of blood. There was a couple of high move spots. You know, what more could you have asked for in a cage match? And yeah. You know, it it probably was a perfect ten NXT cage match. Yeah, honestly, uh, it was really, really enjoyable. It was one of the, yeah, one of because the... you know, it's been a personal feud because there's been no titles involved. You know, it signifies a good end for Ty Dillinger. It ties up this storyline that has been going on for a while, and you know, Ty Dillinger finally got his one-on-one match with the leader of yes, Sanity, yeah. the crew that was trying to entice him in, and. You know, it's all odds he finishes it and with the help of a couple of friends who come when Sanity made their way down to the ring. You know, it was it was the perfect cage match. It was yeah. the perfect reason for a cage match. Yeah. Brilliant end to a feud as well. Eric Young not being pinned kind of yeah. helps Eric Young that's, out that's, as well. That's an excellent point. Yeah, he puts in a good performance, saves the pinfall victory as well. And like I say, he can move on now and say, yeah, I haven't been pinned yet in NXT. It's a great story, isn't it? Exactly, and that's what we can end on with this episode of NXT. Just 10, 10, 10. Excellent match, and so we move on. So, 
what do you rate that match out of say ten? Uh, I think out of ten, I think that's definitely a ten. It's a ten. ten. It's a ten. 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 So yes, we are here live for WWE NXT, and it is NXT episode three. Eight, nine, and it's 26th of April 2017. We love watching NXT, and of course, we're Full Sail University here in Orlando, Florida. And tonight, like we say, huge main event, dream match, really. Tyler Bate versus um, Jack Gallagher, Dan, isn't it? It is. You know, as I mentioned a little while, well, very recently, we haven't seen much of the UK Championship, and yeah, you know, it's good to see it coming back to NXT. Yeah, wait a minute. Nikki Cross. Is in the ring, and like I say, she's not very happy. Um, she's calling Ruby out. I assume she means Ruby Riot. Well, I predict a riot. Well, calls Ruby and Cross had problems in their t- problems in their past, both getting to the ring at the same time. Dan, what's going to happen? I predict a Cross riot. Oh, Nikki Cross laughing. Oh. oh, goes to take Ruby right out, but Ruby sweeps the legs, gets the mount on Cross. Big right hands. Oh my god! And so NXT has started off with a brawl here. Both We're these girls rolling around, roll the way out the wing, out the ring. <laughs> Too many R's in this match. There is a Nikki Cross throwing. It's not even a match. <laughs> no, it's just it's chaos. Down. It's deep with chaos. And Cross going after Ruby. Oh, oh <laughs> bouncing Wright's head off the stairs. Oh, finally the referees come out. Finally. And you don't want to touch a referee. You know what happened. <laughs> Well, Nikki Cross on the stairs. Oh, goes to take Wright out, but Wright catches her and plants root, uh, plants Cross. Well, this is certainly a way to start. And one referee holding Cross back, and five. Well, five hoping Ruby. What's Cross doing? Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Scary guard hit his head on that fucking ramp. He hit his head. So did Ruby. Oh yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's funny how he did it. And Nikki Cross, I say, jumping on them. Oh my word. But both women trying to tear chunks out of each other. Bring I like Oscar it. down to beat the shit out of both of them. <laughs> Oscar just like, Oscar, yeah. kill. Oscar security, bam. Oscar's going to kill It you. would be APA, Oscar Protection Agency. <laughs> but my God, what a way to start NXT and Ruby wants holding Nikki. This is wild, Dan, isn't it? Both women want blood from each other. What a great way to start NXT. And like I said, what a huge night. Uh, we get a recap of Hideo Itami returning last week and attacking Bobby Roode. Backstage interview with Bobby Roode. He cuts off the question and says that Itami has been gone for a while. Roode is happy to fight Itami, but if Itami wants the glorious opportunity for an NXT championship match, then he needs to earn it. I reckon he's just scared. <laughs> do, 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 do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, you know how much someone coming straight in and immediately getting a title shot. You know, at least Drew McIntyre, he's working his way through the roster, you know, and he's going against the 311 boy. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately your 311 boy's going to lose because he's going against my man. Drew McIntyre is in action now. And look at him. Look at him. He's just a specimen. Look. Now, you know, when we saw McIntyre, we wouldn't have thought that he would have gone back into the WWE. I know you had hopes, but is that that is pretty much all they were. If we talk about Drew McIntyre, uh, yeah, I didn't think he'd come back like this. I didn't think he'd have the impact he would have 
in NXT, especially when he signed with Impact and he became champion. I thought, oh, is that the right thing to do? But like you say, he's, he's come back and we're going to see him in action in NXT tonight. And it is a different Drew McIntyre. Yeah, do, uh, you think that, do you think it's wise of him to go to NXT route rather than going to Raw or SmackDown? Most definitely. I think you need a few victories. Or even to the British. Could have entered that, you know. Uh, it, no, it's just great to see him. And I think we've, he'll have the most success in NXT. Look at that, Dan. You, that's a superstar. I said it with Bobby Roode as well. I said it with Drew McIntyre. You didn't say it to his star. face, though. I did. I, he said, you become the greatest podcaster, you become the greatest wrestler ever. We'll meet up at your Hall of Fame. Nice to meet you. Honestly, I've met his dad, spoke to his dad. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to start. What does your boy, then, 311 boy, CN, have to do to beat my man, the man mountain from Ash? Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for CN to beat a man on his debut. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his debut. I mean, last week, Drew McIntyre beat... Only Lorcan, didn't he? With oh, only, ease. only beat him, yeah. No, only didn't beat Mac- McIntyre. Beat no, only. I said he only beat him. Oh, right. No, no. Only, I don't know why you discrediting only Lorcan for. He had a feud with CN and McIntyre now is going to beat him both. He's laughing at that. CN pushing him. He likes it. Told you different sides of Drew McIntyre. Throws CN into the ring ropes, but he catches himself and then <laughs> gets booted in the face through the ring ropes that he caught himself on by yeah. Drew McIntyre. Well, it serves CM right, doesn't it? And McIntyre got on the outside. Sends CN to the outside again, meets him with another chop. I'm going to introduce him to the stairs. Oh, but oh. CM pulling him off the stairs and sending him headfirst into the top step. I would. You don't beat the 311 boy like that, Scottish man. No, but you, I would pull Drew McIntyre off. Oh, and CN now is in a bit of, uh, bit of control. Big boot to McIntyre's face. Got him in a corner. He's just going to psych McIntyre up, though. He's just going to up fighting back. Well, he's, he, he tries to fight back, but the 311 boy gives him some knees to the midsection and tells him what is what. Oh, a McIntyre with a chop. It's weird, though, because as I lose Ty Dillinger, I gain Drew McIntyre, don't I? So I've still got my group of people. As Sieng tries to pin McIntyre, but McIntyre kicks out. Uh. I mean, you've got 311 boy, of course. You've lost Nakamura now. I need to find a new... You need to find... Guy. Yeah. Well, McIntyre in the corner. Sian's going to hit the running knees. Oh, oh, no. Shouts in Drew's face and slaps him. He shouldn't have done that. Oh, my God. You don't spit in the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. And you don't slap Drew McIntyre around the face. And Sian <laughs> doesn't well, matter. McIntyre he... slowly made it while Sian was trying to hit him. And he just stops Sian's slap. And now McIntyre's wailing away on Sian. Uh, look at that. Look at the... F- and now he's gone to the top rope, McIntyre. He's saying, how's this, kid? Oh. 3MB, baby! <laughs> no. He's better than that. <laughs> if Jinder Mahal can be WWE champion number one contender, McIntyre can be champion. Oh, fuck me sideways. And Heath Slater's been tag team champion. Yeah, exactly. And McIntyre off the top, hitting CM with a big double cross, double axe handle smash. Goes for a couple of slaps, but seems unresponsive. Hitting McIntyre. We know CN's good at the chops and the kicks. We've seen that in recent takeover events. But like I say, the pure power of McIntyre managing to catch CN and then power slam him as well. Is he going to look for his big knockout kick? Oh, oh fucking hell. Hits it. Turns the 311 boy inside out on one, two, 311 boy lost. Fucking hell. But McIntyre impressive. But I think CN, if he'd have gone that route without annoying McIntyre, he might have been more successful. Well, you know, he tried. 
that's all you can ask. God, God loves, loves a trial. Try. Exactly, yeah. Uh, what did you think of the match? Well, you know, it's certainly putting McIntyre over. He's come in in the middle of a feud between two wrestlers, beating them both in successive matches. And yeah, you know, he's just said, look, your feud. Fuck your feud. I just beat the pair of you. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. Shut up your plex. <laughs> so Shut there you go. Lord, you so Drew McIntyre makes my dreams come to him. Next up, we was backstage in William Regal's office. He books Cross and Riot to face each other later tonight. Oh, my God. And speaking of strong, we will have the first installment of a multi-part Who is Roderick Strong package tonight. Strong is driving and talking about being a mature veteran. He describes himself as a precise, aggressive and intense. Shots of him working out in the gym. He admits <laughs> he hasn't told his story or let people get to know him. People see him having a perfect life, but he has plenty of struggles. His mother had a drug problem. His dad had a drinking issue. He grew up in a mobile home with his mum gone for weeks and his dad gone until the morning playing music. Uh, do you want me to take over a little bit? Yeah, because on. I can see you getting a bit emotional with uh, with, <laughs> with Roderick Strong's journey. Like we say how bad it was, his mum did shoot his dad in an argument. And Strong gets very emotional talking about it. <laughs> no shit, so do I. He has hidden who he was to hide the pain. His mum had recovered from her issues and now is a big support of him and his career. Well, let's hope she doesn't dislike him, you know? Oh, indeed. His dad started training... With Jim Nineheart, John went with him because they couldn't afford a babysitter. They had a small ring built in the backyard, and that is how he got started. He credits Nineheart for his start. Home movies are strong training as a young teenager. <laughs> Do not try this at home. And part two is advertised for next week. Well, it was a really well done, emotionally powerful package. Just what Strong needed to expand himself as a character and a person. Yeah, and this is what we want, isn't it? Maybe Roderick Strong could be your guy now. Maybe your uh, second one. Go and have can a little I choose pick. my own, please? Thank yes, you, you can. Shut but I'm then. saying this. No, sh- uh, thing with Roderick Strong, though, is that uh, it, it's good to see character development. That's what we want to see. Roderick Strong's been around for a little while now, and we want to see more from him. And there's an opportunity in NXT, isn't there, with the amount of people leaving uh, to, to grasp that and be able to move up the card as well. Up next. Well, we have Kona Reeves with a new haircut, is out for a match. Let's see if he retains his strange in-ring persona. Let's have a look. Okay. He's licking his hands. He's going against Alistair Black. So this feels like a short match coming up? We don't know. I mean, Black won in, what, 26 seconds last week. We're going to see <laughs> see how he does in his third match. But Kona Reeves, like I say, I, I, I like in a new haircut. I, I think his guy could be big in NXT. Oh, my God. Look at the start. Well, Kona Reeves straight out of the blocks, taking out Black. But Black responding <laughs> with some big elbows and big kicks to the chest. He ain't fucking about, is he? Maybe not the best idea then. Uh, referee's getting in between. Don't see that often. Oh. Kona there making the most of the separation and taking out Black on his back. He is. A rake to the eye. Poke to the eye even. And now trying to send him into the turnbuckle, but... <laughs> I don't think Black likes that. God, look at it. Like I say, the combination, knees, kicks, elbows. Oh, there's a lovely discus elbow. I think he's hitting him with stuff he doesn't even know he's been hit kicks with. Kicks Black, uh, kicks Kona to the ropes, bounces off and then gives him a big boot to the head, sends him crashing to the mat. And instead of going for a cover, he just sits down and stares at his opponent. Oh, and look at Black just lifting him up with his foot. Oh! 
spinning kick to the face and two, three. I guess you could call that kick. I don't know its name, but you could call it the blackout. Bang. Use it, NXT. Use it. Use it. So, yes, very impressive there by Alex the Black. Backstage, new announcer Chrissy St. Cloud talks to Ruby Riot. Chrissy is blonde, unlike the other interviews. Um, she introduced herself, so we finally know the name of one of our interviewers. Hey! Riot refuses to conform to Sanity's rules. So an interviewer then tries to talk to Almus, but he's walking with a woman and getting into a car with half a dozen other women to go somewhere, Dan. So next match is going to be Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross's match I'm really looking forward to as well. We're going to see how it plays out, and I think Riot's limping a little bit. Oh, my God. Oh, and from behind, Nikki Cross takes out her opponent. Uh. <laughs> the entranceway's had a lot of action today, hasn't it? It has, from these two women, mainly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just raking the forearm across the nose of Riot. Stop this. Oh, and Riot looks like she's a bit injured. How come one referee's trying to stop this when it took eight of them earlier to do it? It's do like, think, yeah, we're going to need a few more men. Yeah. Do you think, think something's changed in 20 minutes? Do you think something's changed in 20 minutes? Well, they're probably a little bit more tired. They didn't expect this, so they got to gather themselves as well because they had a little bit of fight time last time they came face-to-face. Yeah, that, that's an excellent point as Wright sends Nikki Cross into the uh, entranceway. Now she's going to suplex her. There ain't no protective mats there, Dan, is there? There is no protective mats. That is just steel rampway. Oh, my word. Unforgiving steel. Cold, hard steel. Water steel. And both of the... <laughs> And now both women brawling. And Nikki Cross, after that punishment, still manages to fight. Oh, Irish rips Ruby right into the stage. Oh, here comes the cavalry. Hey, finally. Finally, the oh. refs have come back. <laughs> it's exactly the same people that come out and did this earlier. But my God, these two women just can't have a normal one-on-one match. This is going to be chaotic. And this is sanity rules and anything goes down. Wow. Anything is going. Oh! <laughs> Fucking hell. And that same security guy, I think he's just a full guy. Well, he's just been punched in the face by Ruby and then Ruby Riot. Is his name Matt? As in <laughs> protective Matt. <laughs> she dives off the stage onto Nikki Cross. And it's a wild brawl and this is a different aspect to the women's division, Dan. Blood, you know, they're not even considering the women's championship. Honestly, I've not seen anything like this in NXT regarding the women here. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're just mental. <laughs> Cross is having to be carried out by four rather burly referees and security guards, and she's nearly fighting them off Fuck as well. Fucking hell, Nikki I Cross. think they're going to have to put her in one of them Hannibal Lecter masks <laughs> and wheel her out on a fucking trolley. William Regal talks to Oscar in his office. Riot and Cross can't settle their differences, but he will settle who will be the number one contender. It will be done in a battle royale. She does her best, are you kidding me look, and half snort, half laughed. She is clearly not impressed. She's not, but what do you think battle royale will determine the number one contender? Well, you know, what other way is there to find the best woman on the roster is to hold a battle royale featuring all the women on the roster. Yeah. To go against Oscar. Sorry, if, I, if I'm smirking as well, it's just because I see Jack Gallagher, Tyler Bate face off. Well, my God, and, and it's been a great night for NXT, you know. It's been, it's been good, but it's going to get even better because up next, Dan. Up next, we have the United Kingdom Championship match. And it is Tyler Bate going against Gentleman Jack 
Gallagher. Of course, Bait Young Man, 19, first ever WUK champion. But Jack Gallagher, we've talked about him so much here tonight. It's going to be great. We're going to get action underway. And there's a handshake out of the bell to show respect. And, uh, of course, Tom or Todd Phillips tells us that the weekly, there will be a new UK there will be a new weekly UK show starting on the network soon. Of course, we mentioned that last month, didn't we? We're looking forward to it. But how do you think this match is going to go, Dan? Do you think we're going to see traditional English-British wrestling here? It's a great matchup, isn't it? I think it will be, yes. You know, you've got one half of the Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bay, and he's going against gentleman Jack Gallagher, who has impressed us a lot, unless it comes to a car ride. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's been... Gentleman Jack Gallagher as opposed to being himself. Yeah, and you could just you could just tell the way these two wrestling. Jack starting off slowly, and Bate just maneuvering himself into position, a side headlock now in control. But you feel that Jack could get out of this. Is this his first or second defense of this title? He kind of defended it many times. He's defended it a couple of times on like Independence and shit like that. Oh. but uh, he's only defended it yeah on NXT TV twice. He beat. Trent Seven, didn't he? Uh, how long ago was that? Yeah, a member of Mustache Mountain, yeah. my number one pick. Your, your pick, and uh, of course now against Jackie Boy. We hope to see more of him. Of course, with the, with the TV show coming up, obviously they'll be defending their title, main, well, I guess every week, mainly, well, mainly every month, but will they have a title match on pay-per-view, though? Do you know what I mean? Will they have a... Well, could Neville become the king of the cruiserweights and the king of the Brits? Yeah, but I want, would you want that to happen, or you want to keep it separate? We'd want them to give him a chance on like SmackDown, do you know what I mean? Well, you know, if Jack can go for the Cruiserweight Championship, then why can't, you know, and he can go for the UK Championship, it's surely open to British people. They call me Shirley, yeah. But I think it needs to have a defence at a pay-per-view to actually mean something. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's cool to be called WWE UK Champion, but until like properly, then, you know... But wouldn't you rather it be appreciated by an NXT crowd than wasted on a dark match, you know, at the but beginning I'm, I'm, of some pay-per-view? Because it wouldn't make it onto the main show. You know, maybe at Night of Champions or something, you'd have yeah, its place there. Yeah. I think, no, I think kickoff would be a good way oh. to start. Because, like I say, everybody would still watch it, wouldn't they? But maybe even more people would, on, like, YouTube, stuff like that as well. I mean, it just, it needs exposure, doesn't it? It needs to be talked about, being talked about on... Um, NXT and stuff, but like I say, you need another platform for it. Like I said, Cruiserweights, the 205 Live works because they've got Raw as well to help them out. And like I say, the title does mean more. I mean, if it was Neville versus Tyler Bate for champion versus champion, and that was on pay-per-view, that, do you know what I mean? Oh, if, yeah, that, if that's the only way it could get on pay-per-view, then I'll take that, you know? Well, you would say Jack's got the more experience of the two men, you know, being in a WWE now for a few months, of course, CWC tournament for Jack Gallagher with Even Tyler Even in Bate. a Royal Rumble. Oh, exactly. In a Royal... Uh, how many people can say that how many people can say that period and how many people can say that with the cruiserweights as well jack's ever so confident and it's a great face off oh we're back from the break and i mean at the moment it's too difficult to call at the moment isn't it you know because they're both exchanging the moves gone well both men are great wrestlers and jack's got a lovely wrist lock there working on the arm of tyler bait well, like i say in the early going well in the beginning of the match as well both men trading it's almost like they're joined together well, you know, they certainly look rather similar. They they do. Do you think it's... It Stereotypical. Hurt? Yes. Do you think it hurts them? I mean, like, Tyler Bates got a better tan. I mean... <laughs> yeah, you know, Jack Gallagher's gone all the way. Maybe, is that why he's got the push? Uh, well, maybe so, you know. Not anymore, but, you know, maybe... <laughs> well, a UK programme, as I like saying, it would bring more of them guys into it the more people we saw in the UK tournament as well. 
I was like, it can only be a good thing, but you feel that like they're going to do a lot. They're going to be a lot of this. You know, they're going to go into India. They're going to have the next. You know, India's got talent, whether it is in NXT as well, uh, and we're going to see a lot across the. You know, hands across the nation, as WWE say. But it's great they started off with a market they could depend on with the English talent as well. You know, and to be a main event of an NXT after last week's, you know, Eric Young versus Ty Dillinger have this there. It yeah. does show a little bit of respect. Yeah, definitely, but. I don't know, some of these fans might not be as familiar with them. I think it would be more appreciated, as I say, on NXT, as they appreciate the younger talent, they know what to expect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I understand your point in that, and I think the fans, <coughs> like you say, the fans at the moment, just sitting there and enjoying this because they know it's a wrestling match. I mean, some of them might be bored, but this is a different style, and this is what we were talking about wrestlers around the world, they bring, you know, as Jack just working the arm, just ever so slowly, but the position the way he gets him down for the cover, can't keep bait down for too long. Too. But of course, you got to remember, back in the day, back in the old days of British wrestling, these guys would go an hour, you know, maybe even, I mean, the, the fabulous uh, Frankie Palo went uh, eight and a half days. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. But I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> Both men, hold up. Oh. Both men bridging out there. A round of applause for the NXT crowd, just showing the strength as well. Uh, it's a traditional wrestle-off, crossing his legs and rolling through, sending Tyler Bate flying, and then following up with a lovely drop kick. And now Tyler could be in trouble, but as I say that, oh! Bate makes him look up with the right, and then hits him with the left in the jaw. Oh my God, deadlift, deadlift German, oh! With a bridge out as well, goes for the cover, but only a two. Two, but you see the extension there with Tyler Bate as well, his knees were folded themselves. Managed to get Gallagher over, and Jack maybe underestimated the young... Tyler Bate, these men might have crossed paths, of course, on the British independence scene as Bate's got him up now. As you say that, he wraps his legs around the waist of Tyler Bate and gets him in a lovely hammerlock. That looks like an octopus. <laughs> oh, you know, he's got the leg scissors around the waist. He's got the arm locked up. Oh, and Bate, is he showing his power? Turns it into a delayed <laughs> vertical suplex there. Lovely. Go for the pin. Oh, no. Only a two. But I just knew it would be a nice, uh, a good wrestling match. You know, you talk about wrestling. Bate hits him with a forearm. Gallagher goes off the apron. What's Bate going to do now? Looks like he's going to go flying. Oh! Oh. But he goes flying into a Gallagher headbutt. He headbutts him back into the ring. That's it, Bate. Bate doesn't know where he is. <laughs> back to Jack. Fucking hell. Well, Gallagher's looking a bit worse for wear himself. Come on, son. Get in there. Get the pin. For England. Yeah, for for England. Queen and country. <laughs> for goodness sake, Jack. Dust yourself off, boy. And now, Jack, of course, we know what his finisher is, don't we? The drop kick in the corner. And. Oh! Well. Headbutt seals down on oh. over bait, but only gets a two count. Two. Two headbutts. Two. And Bate showing his toughness. This young man from Dudley. But can Jack get the job done? Oh, uppercut. And what's Tyler Bate looking to finish this? What's his finisher? Tyler Driver, James. Yes. It is. Deadly. It's what won him that coveted UK championship, Dan. And Jack's been working on that arm throughout the whole match and brings him down. Just that. Look at the wrist, wrist control, they call it, Dan. I don't want to be too technical with you here. Oh, and he's still got hold of it and his Irish rips him. Oh! And there's the big heel kick to Jack's head and now Tyler's going for it. Hits it. One, two, three. Oh, my God. And Tyler 
Bate retains his UK championship. Well, that kind of finish come out of nowhere, don't you, don't you think so? I certainly did, yes. And as we see Pete Dunn looking on, is he that? Oh, look, just Pete Dunn, Wolfgang there and a couple other guys for the UK tournament staring on at the champion. Like you say, everybody wants a piece of him. But yeah, the finish, I mean, I was enjoying the match and then all of a sudden... They're like, yeah, you got to finish it now. It's yeah, like, that oh, is like, there, go on. Built up to this bit, this is really good. And then I think Jack, I thought he blocked the kick as well. We'll see the replay. Tyler Driver gets the job done. I mean, what did you think of the match, Dan? Well, I think it ended a bit too soon, you know, and I thought being on NXT, it would have had a bit more time, but they're turning it into an offshoot of Raw and SmackDown as opposed to, you know, a place to develop the new talents and, yeah, you know, just have them having longer matches and yeah. telling a better story. I don't think it was too bad, yes. Yeah, uh, Trent Seven and uh, Mark Andrews were the other two guys there. Yeah, like I said, it told a story. It weren't bad, but I could have done it a lot longer. And I'll tell you what would be good if they do want to try it, something a little bit different, rather than cramming three matches into a show or maybe four like they do on NXT 205. Why don't you just have one match that goes like maybe half hour in the new UK tournament one? You know what I mean? Go go for that yeah. long. See if you can build up interest in Every it. match is for the championship. Yeah, it's like, it's like one match a yeah, night for yeah. the championship. It's like, it's like a little different, you know? If you don't win, you go to the back of the queue and then it's <laughs> the next one in. Yeah. But what did you think of NXT these past three weeks? Yeah, it's it's been good. You know, we've seen the end of an era for Nak. We've seen, you know, uh, Ty Dillinger. Yeah. And, Deb- the debut with Drew, don't forget. Yeah, we've seen the debut of Drew. We've seen uh, that Alistair Black coming into it, you know, and making his name for things. Atami GT- GTS and, of course, Bobby Roode. Yep. Yeah, we've had that. So we kind of know what we're going, we're going towards. We've got TakeOver in the future. With women's division as well, we're getting that sorted out, aren't we? With um, a battle royal. Cross being and Raya and yeah. the battle royal for number one contender. The only thing we haven't had answers on this week's episode, or this month's episode, really, is tag team division. That's been a little bit quiet. Yeah. Um, we've, not, we've not seen Authors of Pain at all, I don't think. But um, we will, of course, be continuing NXT update with our next WNR roundup, and that will be. That, I think that'll be the weekend of NXT TakeOver is when we'll catch up with anything NXT now. But as I said, NXT, what did you prefer, NXT or Toy 5? I don't know. I think I preferred NXT just for the historical of, historicalness of it all and especially that cage match. For me, with Toy 5, the match quality is as good as it is on NXT. Maybe sometimes better. But like I say, I think the stories and what we've had, I mean, just like I say, Nakamura leaving, Dillinger leaving, of course, yeah. McIntyre arriving as well. I think the stories and everything like that in between has been better. I think NXT, for me, gets it. So we are one away from the WNR 100. We've released the promo video for it on YouTube already. That is just, like I say, a taste of things to come. We will be with you May the 4th, if we will be either with you live, or if you can listen to us later on the podcast, we'll be going up Thursday, the 4th of May, guaranteed, no matter what happens. It's going to be a hell of a show, so everybody stay in contact with us. How you ask? Well, we're on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Jens. We're also on Facebook. We're on Facebook. You can come and find our page. Give us a like. We are the WWE Network Review, or you can add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, of course. We're on Google Plus, WWE Network Review. You can send us an email to WNRPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, YouTube as well, where we upload a video, promo video, NXT came up there early. And, of course, there'll be more exclusives to YouTube as well. So stay tuned for that. But I have been James Rowlands. And, as always, I have been joined by... 
Damn right. We can see the WNR 100 ahead of us. We will see you then. Thanks for listening and bye. Bye. Bye.